The Commander Crunch Podcast is brought to you by PureMTGO.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 17. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats on the regular. We are all about celebrating the culture, the community, and the creativity of primarily our favorite format of Commander, plus side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Sam, and I'm joined by the man that legend has it once he got four mana out of a dark ritual, Cheshire. How you doing, Chesh? I am fear. I am chaos. I am the Joker. I'm fine. <laughs> so uh, what's what's happening in a week, Chesh? Any anything crazy going on? Uh, we're supposed to be going to Pokemon pre-release tomorrow, but uh, that's not going to happen because uh, basically, long story short, uh, only three people turned up to pre-release on the Saturday. So, Bossman was just like, you know what, stay home, I'll send you a pre-release kit, don't worry about it. <laughs> I was like, free pre-release kit! Woo! That kind of gives me- sponsor. That kind of gives me faith that uh, Victorians, uh, Australians and Victorians in specifically, uh, are taking this uh, pandemic thing a little bit seriously. So, um, also, it also well, goes not, to show not, that- Not exactly. What do you they mean? did have 10 people booked in, and only oh, three true. turned up. So. Which, there's a difference to that anyway, I was going to say. it's If people are worried about it, that's that's one thing. But I think we're in a safe spot now. Um, if everyone's reasonable, wears masks, whatever. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. So, Chesh now has a Sunday up your sleeve. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh so, as everyone has grown to love from this uh, this funky little podcast we do, um, we do a lot of guest profiles and, and have community guests on whenever we can uh, in, in effort to kind of promote and share our love for the game and, and get different perspectives. And as I said last week, kind of I often offset my uh, or, or crowdsource my work and, and rely on other people's brilliance and, and uh, kind of anything. You know, Chesh is more brilliant than, than myself. I just talk and do the things. But, uh, yeah, this week we've got another guest, of course. Uh, we're guested by uh, Brandon from Create Commander. So another friend we've kind of made along the way of, uh, of just hanging out, doing the, the Commander thing over the, over the internet. Um, how you doing, Brandon? Hey, folks. How are you this evening? Oh, we're pretty swell. Oh, it's, yeah, I'm pretending it's evening. It's midday. Well, <laughs> that is the joy of talking on the other side of the world. And, you know, I'm here on the eastern side of the United States, and you folks are obviously in Australia, so... It is the way. It is the way. So yeah, Brandon's come to uh, to, to hang out with us and, and talk the rest of Commander Legends, uh, the the most incredible set we've seen in quite some time, and and, and run through. I think hopefully a, another chunk of cards that we we didn't cover off last week because either they weren't spoiled yet or we just didn't have enough time because we could talk about this set for years and years and years kind of thing. So uh, there's just so much. And I said I was saying before that any other set, be it a standard set or whatever. There's there's the pile of commander cards we like to quote unquote review and and kind of assess that kind of thing. Uh, but this one, of course, being a whole set geared towards commander, is an absolute cornucopia of of goodies and just things that will will have uh, just impacts on our format and and kind of repercussions for years to come. So really really excited about it. Uh, I think we've seen 
We've seen our normal kind of wave of, of people getting upset about little things, whatever, it's going to break the game, which I really don't think anything here is going to bust the format wide open. Um, some people have said maybe there's too many commanders around now. I don't know if that's really an argument. It's it's I think it's more the better. Uh, but bottom line, I'm, I think now that the whole set is essentially previewed, we know all the cards, next week it comes out, we're going to get our hands on these cards, they're going to be amazing, and also hopefully draft it at some stage i don't know how practical that is right now if i can manage that but maybe if my store does one and, and victoria continues to do well but essentially i think we can we can honestly say this set has everything uh or it's my point of view anyway but it has the heart it's captured the 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 kind of the dna of, of why i play commander there's there's not Everything is geared towards doing the most high-powered thing possible. There's a lot of fun stuff, really interesting design space. Um, just weird things are going on sometimes. And I think that's there was so much it felt like that's actually being dedicated to that side of the game, which doing weird creative things. And like we say, we promote creativity. So I think I'm super stoked. I, uh, I sent Gavin Verhey a message um, uh, the other day just saying... Bottom line, I hope everyone's telling you this, but this pretty much this set that you've worked on and has been a labor of love is is essentially, you know, it, it, it just echoes why I love the game. And and like that's that's full stop and I'm glad it exists. So um, well done. It's awesome. So without further ado, I think we're going to get straight into it. I don't think there's any brewer's notes to talk about this week, Chesh. Uh, anything change with uh, anything you're putting together at all? No, not really. No, nah, cool. I was just going to say, Jory N, uh, the polymorph Gumby can change into anything deck, had a, uh, a nice running on MTG Lexicon last week on our Sunday, their Saturday. Uh, so it was super fun. Absolutely went off uh, with a 14 creature polymorph into uh, a card that I did add to the the deck during the week uh, as a brewer's notes include Uh, really importantly terror of the peaks is an absolutely insane card so having a warstorm surge on a dragon uh, to trigger all your ETB or basically all your creatures coming in get ETBs as well of equal to their power to any target is an absolute powerhouse and I was happy to get one of them out of a jumpstart booster and promptly add it to that deck because it's a difference of if you hit the, the the dragon you might be doing 70 damage like i did to uh to win a game out of nowhere we're very very good so i'll have that deck list somewhere i think some places soon so um very fun and that's that's been a brew i've really enjoyed so um getting straight into the uh the pretty much the, the cards that we're, we're in, still interested in or, or, or kind of have have been released in the last week or so and trying to cover off as much of this set as we can but completely understanding we could talk about this like we say for weeks so um i'm gonna throw it to any one of you chesh or brandon to uh to just kind of i don't know pick a card <laughs> just get straight into it look at look at your mythic spoiler uh grab a card you're interested in that's that's come out recently i know there's even ones chesh that were, were spoiled at the start that we didn't get to talk about last week i know you want to talk about the the planeswalker partner the um tavash sat i think it's called um but we kind of touched on tavash last time oh did we i can't even remember i thought i still yeah. had it in our notes but yeah if we get to it um but uh yeah brandon throw us off uh, throw us a card that you're uh, you're interested in 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 kind of talking about or, or pique your attention this week oh sure thing the uh first one that uh, i like um tribal builds uh, a lot of the stuff that i have on my channel actually so far has been tribal builds um but i just i like the tribes i like elves i like goblins i like stuff 
So the fact that we finally got a legendary ooze to make a tribal ooze out of it, plus the ooze lord at the same time, is is yeah. just um, awesome to me. I'm super excited to try and get into that, and also that ooze uh, slurk all ingesting, if you guys are wanting to look it up. It is a green ooze, and it has partner. So you can slap it in there with something else. Uh, Bio Waste Blob is actually an ooze lord. <laughs> the The fun part about it is, just like any of the other oozes, or, or a lot of the other oozes, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control a commander... You get to create a token that's a copy of BioWaste Blob. So kind of like how Scoot Swarm was, you know, making copies of Scoot Swarm. Well, now you can start making copies of the the Blob. Oh, Sounds like you're oozing with excitement. I could be. I could be. <laughs> Ooze intensifies. I love it. It's just BioWaste Blob. It's like some... I've got one if we want to continue on green. Oh, please do. I mean, green doesn't need any help. It's uh, it's doing great and, and, and greater than ever, I guess. So, yeah, what do you got? Okay. So I got a riddle for you. What costs nine mana? Three of those being green pips. I saw this card. Uh, <laughs> I already know is, which one. It's a sorcery <laughs> and basically reads, Hi, everyone. My name's Chesh. I like to win. <laughs> I know what that I card is. I, I haven't scrolled to it. It's, oh, it's, mm, it is something else. Uh, so this is, is Reshape the Earth. This is six colors and three green for a mythic sorcery. Search your library, wait for it, for up to ten land cards. Not basic land. Just land. Just land cards. You know where I'm going with this, oh, Falicate. Yeah. Put the <laughs> put them onto the battlefield tapped and then shuffle your library. Oh, I was now, going to Maze's End, but yeah, exactly. I'm I'm fine that they come into play tapped. Hashtag Maze's End. I'm I'm fine that it can be any land. Uh, how does the trigger work on Valakut and uh, Nine Mountains? Oh, you're dead? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Step yeah. up, Wizards. It's, it's a big, dumb, stupid, expensive, fantastic. And, and when everyone's tapped out, I'm just going to kill them. I, I think in the yeah. past, Valakut's had a, uh, a bit of a time uh, going, well, you've got to... You've got to think of a few things before uh, including it in a commander deck to to make it go off like it does in modern, where it's the whole thing that Valakut after is it. Chesh, you played this deck, so you'll be able to uh, preface this mm-hmm. or, or explain this better than I can. But is it after your fifth land it starts to trigger? Uh, from memory, yeah. So it's it's. So- I, I haven't played the deck in about nine months because of pandemic yeah that i I, we had that conversation the other day who's played modern (laughs) not for a while yeah Uh, Um, but but the thing to remember is that uh if the requirement is met as you're bringing them all into play at the same time because that requirement is automatically met it will trigger for each one of those lands yeah so that's the whole thing in modern you play scapeshift into valakut and Five mountains tasty, or whatever. Tasty, but, tasty. oh, here we go. So, Valakut the Molten Pinnacle is original, um, back from original Zendikar block. Super cool land. And I think that's what I mean. Like, I and always had lo- an expedition in Zendikar, just FYI. Oh, yeah. And it looks beautiful. Um, I always love seeing it on a commander table because you know something wacky is going on. Um, but uh, it is it is just a land. Uh, not even a legendary land, which is always a nope. puzzle. Absolute puzzle. So, you can, you can make copies of it. Uh, Valakut the Molten Pinnacle enters the battlefield tapped whenever a mountain enters the battlefield under your control if you control at least five other mountains oh so it's specifically mountains not mm-hmm. not basic mountains but mountains mm-hmm. you may have Valakut uh, the Molten Pinnacle deal three damage to target creature or player because it can ping creatures too if, you, if you're in doubt so uh, and just taps for red mana so that's the funky one there you, you 
you bring in the Valkyrie and all the other mountains and it will trigger at the same time, which is really fun. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, copy it just for, just for fun as well. Get a Thespian stage going. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking, yeah, with that one, Maze's End, uh, and another lovely piece I got for my, uh, Niv Mizzet Maze's End deck, you get your Amulet of Vigor. So things come in untapped if you really want to be spicy, spiky and wind right now. But, uh, yeah, I think 10 lands on the battlefield is a fun time. there's ways to reset the board and stuff so that you know like there's ways to reuse this constantly there's definitely ways to reuse that i reshape the earth is the one is definitely the one card like when i saw it i immediately wrote it down and mainly mainly because i'm a wind grace player that is (laughs) you know that's that's kind of one of the things any but kind of landfall deck but Check this mm-hmm. out. Search your library for up to 10 land cards. Now, did not Zendikar yep. Rising just get a Shia Soul of the Wild that turns your non-token creatures into forest lands? Would that it, allow you to fetch them? I don't think is so, because that would need to be it, on the battlefield. Uh, if those lands... Yeah. 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 I was going to say, it, it's, it won't, because I'm pretty sure that the Zendikar Rising card states... Oh yeah, no creatures yeah, you control. Right. Say, it's it, yeah, unlike yeah. something like a Microsynth lattice that might even say this is everything is this even outside of the zone or something if it ever talks exactly. about that. So, okay, yeah. um, that's okay. A Shire yeah. is still busted and really good. Not busted. I, I don't. I don't want to use that word all yeah. the time, but it's it's really good yeah. and, and does some wacky stuff with your creatures. So. Yeah, and it'll be but good. Speaking in that deck of big anyway. dumb sorceries, yeah. Um, just to continue along. What 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 costs nine mana is by a sorcery and reads I win the game. Gasp a riddle. The blue one? No, I love the blue one, but what's the other one? No, it's, it's the white one. That was Six the white colors one. and three white for triumphant reckoning. Yeah, this one was only sorcery, the other day. Returnal artifact in Returnal Artifact enchantment of Planeswalker cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah. This All, is nice. already can draw uh, can draw the line between this and ah oh, crap. What's it called? The white, the white, the uh, existing uh, effect that does the same thing, kind of, but for everyone. Yeah, with the yeah, tomb um, and empty the, the vaults coming out of the door. The tomb and the light. See, yeah, the empty the vaults, isn't it? Was it uh, empty yeah. the vault? Something like uh, that. This is funny because uh, no, uh, not empty the vaults. Empty the. Vault. It was earlier than that. Open the vaults. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just the wrong word. Oh, yeah. uh, this is so funny because we had that whole conversation before recording uh, with, with Brandon about... No, uh, don't you get to the point Urza. of critical mass where your brain can't handle any more magic cards and starts to forget some of the old ones? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's great. Yeah. And, well, these and are new. We should, and, we should be remembering yeah, these, why? right? It's a $60 card, damn it. Oh, replenish. Just nobody remember. Replenish, thank you. Well, you replenish said effect. tomb in the door. I might open the vault has a door. <laughs> <laughs> has a massive no. but yes i got you so but a big big bright light coming out of the door is not yeah. open the vault open I, the vault has like a sliver of light coming out of a door this would be really good if we're <laughs> playing mind magic i'm like i cast the spell with the big tomb in the door and the thing I'm like, i am right there i'm immersed in this story <laughs> that's great <laughs> side note too uh we we um what was it uh thought about last week with the guardian project uh, guys shout out to annie and coil when we we're discussing all the cards we had to talk about then that had been which roughly like i say half the set had been released at that stage um now we've got the other half of course 
We had only seen, I think, the red and the blue sorceries that mm-hmm. were nine mana and we're like, is this going to complete a set, a cycle of all these in each color? And, of course, we, we said probably, but they've done it before where they have have kind of ended a cycle at two or three cards and that's completely fine. It, it's, you know, it doesn't need to be completed or anything for any reason, but it's always nice and elegant if, if a, an effect or there's a theme of card that has a an, a, a, an identity in each, each color um, or color identity, basically. So this one, of course, we have seen each color now. So there's Triumphant Reckoning, the white one, um, Mnemonic Deluge, we talked about last week, there's Sorcery that casts, uh, cast an instant sorcery out of your yard for nine mana and it copies the three times, which is fun. Profane Transfusion is the black one, sorcery, tar- two type players, exchange life totals. You create an XX colorless horror artifact creature token uh, where X is the difference. Do you say it sounds boring? Yep. Yeah, I that guess one so. is I've seen some, pe- some people love for it. For a black people. card, that is absolutely boring when you compare it to all the other cards in the I set. I think so. The change life totals cycle. can be funny and I've, I like effects like that, but it, they, that can be good. situational. It's never yeah. good. You need someone it's at never good. seventy-two and someone at one, but uh, exactly, you need a massive, a massive um, disparage between the life totals for it to actually matter. Which hey, sometimes and even then, out. like you've got things that do this that are cheaper. Like this is just a bad card. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's nine mana. <laughs> Straight up, I'll just <laughs> have, call it a bad card. Okay, sure, but have fun with it. Because all of the other ones like in the cycle are amazing. I think it will lead to some funny conversations. So, I mean, do it. Uh, and then the red one was Soulfire Eruption, which was <laughs> nine mana. <laughs> the funny conversation that it will lead to is me asking why you're fucking playing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chish, it's fine. Straight up, I'm just gonna be like, why are you playing that? It's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be funky. And um, I don't use it. I, just, just, you see I think everyone knows that I don't do that. Often, yeah, but in this case, I'm absolutely willing to call you out if you were playing this at a table and go, Why are you playing that? But don't and let you explain to me why you think this card is actually playably good. But, but that's the thing, don't we, don't we promote around here that you don't have to play all the playably good cards to, to, to make them make your deck? It's it's more about playing but the this, cards you want. This just isn't this, well, this I say is that. like, Chesh may not. <laughs> well, this is just not a good card, that's the thing. Like, and and I always look for the playability and everything, yeah. This, however, this particular effect that keeps getting pushed in Commander... It could be a trap card, I guess. ...is just not not good, you know what I mean? especially like at 9 mana. It's the, what, what gets people's eyes lighting up is they see, whoa, it could be anything. It could be a boat. It could be the life... Ta- the, 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 um, what do you call it? The, the gulf between two people's life totals could be 100. Like, I get a 100 colorless horror artifact creature token and... They switch totals and the whole dynamic of the game changes. I still want to make how it often, work. I still want to. How often do you see that happen? I'm not, but like, yeah, I see a lot of games where we, where you slowly <laughs> That's go my down point, the top. Right? Exactly. Oh, so someone we switch life totals with someone who's at eight and someone at sixteen. Ooh, you did it. Uh, so yeah, and that is usually what happens. Yes. That's why I'm I, I, this agree, is I agree. Not a great card. I I tend yeah. to get a bit wild about seeing the big possibilities of things. It's like, oh, look at this. Give me a hundred. But yeah, I, I I get you there, Chesh. But at the same time, I want to hear some great stories when this gets played for silly reasons and it actually does something big but that can be good I against think, a friend well, of mine's vampire deck because he can easily get up to like 200 life he's done it before well there you go yeah it so, could be a medical it could be against that yeah the Aloro player that's a great yeah, it's a the Aloro shut off the Aloro engine that's a, that's a great yeah. way to do it so. sweet I'll, I'll pack it in my deck for that one particular like matchup I say, that but I, I rarely see which <laughs> kind of going back to what we've uh, a theme has been we're playing so many different people these days we kind of keep 
I never really yeah. make meta calls like that anyway. It's it's but when some people say that they only play against three other people and sometimes that happens, they're usually in the environments where people start to push each other if they're on the same page. They start to push each other that C E D H and that's how it all begins. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. If someone's running the Alora deck, which I, I've been part of those groups in the past, you'd you'd run it and you hose the crap out of them, it'd be great. So because um, it's sometimes you don't have the option to do commander damage to them. So make their life total Next to nothing. Or you could do it in a, uh, a Lich deck. Ooh, now oh. we're talking. Now we're All talking. Right. Do it in a Lich deck okay. where your, your life total is minus 40. And um, you're still on the table and you're living, but you're, you have a Lich effect, uh, which... What was I listening to? I think it was Shivam's podcast. He had Jim from the Spike Feeders on, and he was talking about here how much he loves Lich decks. And they're super weird. They're living on the edge, literally, because if you move, uh, you just move that enchantment that basically says you can't lose the game. And when this this enchantment leaves the battlefield, you lose the game, that kind of thing. But you you end up at a minus life total. It's just, it's it's all or nothing. It's super fun. And uh, yeah, that kind of thing. So profane transfusion, if you've got the black mana floating around, uh, go for it and you kill someone. That's kind of fun. Hmm. All right, all right, Chesh, Chesh. We, we can do something with it. But yes, it's not generically a great card full stop uh soulfire eruption as i was getting into is the red one to round out the uh the cycle uh choose any number of target creatures planeswalkers and or players for each of them exile the top card of your library then soulfire eruption deals damage equal to that converts uh converted eh, equal to that card's converted mana cost that to that permanent or player you may play the exiled cards until the end of the turn i want to point out here i don't like that one that as much each eight well Okay, so we'll get to that in a second. Um, because I know how I already know how to break this card. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Um, think, think back to the styles of decks that I like to play. Yep. And I think you're starting to already get a picture of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an is it taking turns deck, I will absolutely be able to kill people off at the table with this card. Oh, because you're you're also copying it. Because all of my spells are massive, mm. I'm taking extra turns, I'm copying this card over and over, and I'm just killing everyone with it. Yeah. It's it's not great. This is such a battle cruiser card, it's not funny. Yeah, I love it. That's You're, what I love about the whole nine mana cycle. It's fun. So. But this card, again, on flavor for what the color actually does... As opposed to the black one, which is not on on flavor, yeah. it's not on color flavor. Well, like I say, you, right? Because the black one should have been making people sacrifice. It should have been making people sacrifice non-land permanents, <laughs> specifically creatures, but non-land permanents, right? Because oh, we want. Because if you look at the green one, well, if you look at the green one, right? The green one's getting your lands. Mm-hmm. The white one's re- doing the return effect. Mm-hmm. Um, the blue one is doing what blue likes to do. Yep. Right. So, you're copying spells. Uh, the red one is dealing damage to the table, not unlike Combustion Engine, uh, Combustion Gihulk. Gihulk? Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and the black one just, again, uh, in light of the other four, just looks like the weakest of them all. I but that red one, th- even yeah. that is... I think like, so, in a vacuum, it, for sure. It's not great, but it absolutely can work. And if you're playing this with Scry, yeah. with a lot of Scry effects... Man... And and here's one lantern, for you people at lantern home. of insight. Don't forget, don't forget. If you get this in your draft and you get a scroll rack, you fucking take it. Mm. You take it. You run with it, and you fucking kill people out of nowhere. <laughs> and they will not see it coming. Uh, they will good. not see it coming. Yep. But yes, 
Uh, I, I can absolutely see ways to break this card. Um, no, not break it to, as in making it broken, but making it one of those cards where people go, what the hell did you just cast? Oh God, how are you copying this? Oh no, the table's yeah. dead. Actually, like I like to do. Understanding the targets kind of gets me liking it more and more. And, and, and I have, I do have a few decks that really, uh, just go ham with big sorceries anyway. And, and I really enjoy just give me the bigger one as like as big as possible kind of thing. So the nine mm-hmm. mana one. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's choosing now, any number the, of target creatures, players. So correct. So you just go the choose all your opponent's is, creatures, all your opponents, and then you flip the top and find out. What and remember you do have to choose the targets before you flip. Yes. And that's what of makes course. this card. Oh, someone's going to try and choose. Not amazing. Yeah, of right? course. But yeah, you, because I'm going to choose you and your creature. Yeah. On you, I flip a land. Crap. Okay. Feels <laughs> nothing to you. On the creature, I flip the 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 blue version of this, and I do your creature, your 1-1 one, one creature that has some effect that I don't like, or 3-3 three, three or whatever. Yeah. I deal it 9 damage. Yeah, so... Right? And, and then also That's why you need to run the scry. Yeah, true. And I think if, you, if you're doing... Sometimes if you're doing such kind of effects in a deck, you've probably got that handled anyway. So, Sensei's Top is great. I know the pricing now. now. Scroll Rack is printed in this set, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, there's other ways. There's cheap ways to do it. Hey, just run Crystal Ball. I do that. That's a one-mana scry. Run, run all of the, the scry stuff. Like, yeah. just right. go back on my YouTube, have a look at my uh, my uh, Eureka deck, steal all the scry stuff out of that deck, yeah. so, and yeah. just go have on, mad fun. And then the other point as well, I was going to say... Uh, just watch out for the mana drain that somebody else at the table drafted. Yes, because mana drain is in the set. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so that that's the blue-black version of it, but, uh, yeah, you can also do, say... I was thinking about some of the DNA in like a Rashmi deck, and I know you love Rashmi. Uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of those things you're thinking about there, you're, you're you're messing with mana costs that may be bigger on the card than you're actually casting them for, and that's a really spicy way to think about this. So this is where the whole puzzle of Commander comes in. I get really excited, and you're thinking of like cards having weird interactions with others, and just subtle synergies that really kind of lend themselves to being together. So I love Volcanic Vision, which you you retrieve a instant or sorcery from your graveyard for seven mana. And then it deals damage equal to that converted mana cost to all your opponent's creatures, basically. And that's like I find a really good one, um, one-sided wipe and you get something really important back. If you're doing those kind of things... So I'm thinking cards like Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise and there's plenty of others, but... And these... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like quite frankly like you get this back and you're, you're wrapping the board for nine damage like yeah hi yeah totally so a lot of big splashy stuff and i love it so like i say yeah soulfire eruption find your way to manipulate the top deck first if possible but the decks that will run this will know about it and that's more than i think it's way more decks than profane transfusion so um yeah so that that rounds out those those uh big old splashy nine mana sorceries and like i say before i feel like these are the type of ones that embody what i love about commander and there's plenty of these weird cards that just do big big things and um yeah i don't I, we didn't talk too much about triumphant reckoning but uh, i think i interjected chesh there but it's a good card the the white one so return all artifact enchantment and planeswalker cards from your graveyard to the battlefield uh i think it's, it's the not, best effect like that just, we've seen it's not just real good um, everyone should just tweet Gavin Verhey on Twitter and say, hang on a second, isn't this part of a combo to kill the table in Commander? Easy. You just get your, mm-hmm. uh, your, your, your life-gaining ones. 
uh, whatever. No, there's, oh, there's, there's better ways yeah. to do it than that. So uh-huh, what are you talking uh-huh. about in the set or just generally? Mm, in general. Okay. Of course. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you could come up with 10 ways to do it like instantly. Just if you start milling your, yourself and then triumph for reckoning, boom. Fun fact, 10 different ways is a very good song from The Cure. Yes. And I love The Cure. Love love cats. Um, so uh, the other thing there too, I, I wax lyrical about uh, Spell Twine and how it's probably my favorite card of all time. Uh, six mana, cast an instant or sorcery from your opponent's yard and one from yours. These kind of cards just just absolutely make me giddy when I see a big target to hit. So, <laughs> great. Shame, shame that that's not in the set. Spell Twine. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, it's, it's so nuts lately. I've been playing Spell Twine and everyone's like, oh, Spell Twine. Nice. Is that a Spell Twine? I'm like, why isn't everyone playing these? They're the best. They're the absolute best. I love them. So, uh, always looking for nice targets. Uh, next one. Or two, I was going to say, Brandon, this is a great intro as well because I didn't even give you a great uh, lengthy intro at the start about what your channel's all about True. and why you're on the show in the first place. Uh, but, we, <laughs> you know, we run fast and loose around here. We don't know what we're doing half the time. It's fun. Um, but, yeah, to introduce... <laughs> no, pants are these? That's the point. None of us do. Like, None of us do. That is fun. 100% of the point. None of us know what is going on and we just fly by the seat of our pants. That's how it works. And as long as you're having fun, it's all fun. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're enjoying it. Um, but what I, what I wanted to, uh, a good way to segue into this was to explain, uh, much like I, I put you and Chain together in a, uh, a great category of like newer creators that have, have used their time this year, uh, I guess much like ourselves and going, well, uh, t- now's the time to put a lot of energy and effort into um, a content we're making and then reach out to the community and, as a result, we've made friends across the, uh, across the globe, which is amazing. We've got a really, really amazing uh, kind of span of commander uh, personalities to talk to and bounce ideas off and, and, and all get better about, I've said this before, it's not necessarily getting better as a player, but it's I think it's all getting better as we share ideas on content and getting better at being better commander people, <laughs> which is just... Yeah. We, we, we're always promoting uh, the great ways and fun ways to play the game and, and, and cultivating really nice um, play experiences uh, between everyone. And, and that's kind of what we all agree that we I think we all want to promote, basically. So it's been a joy yeah. to, to have you around and, and uh, like like some of the people we've met in the process and, and uh, had some great times. But your content has, has just been unreal. And, and I've... The first thing I saw of your content, uh, of your video, the videos on YouTube were the, what was the, in, the Uncommon Enchantment Matters um, Legendary from Theros. Now, I saw that yeah. you built a, um, uh, she's, she's Simic, I believe. Um, oh, you, uh, yes, Eutropia. Eutropia. So the first mm-hmm. thing I ever saw you do, uh, Brandon, was you did a, a one of your first videos was essentially a deck tech on something that mm-hmm. uh, was just a nice budget-friendly deck, but a really nice potent one uh, that you literally made for a friend of yours at your local store, I believe, uh, because uh, they'd, they'd fallen on, I think, some hard times, couldn't afford a, uh, a new commander deck, and you're like, well, we need you playing. And, uh, and you put this thing together, it showed that you can put a really nice deck together budget-wise, which is budget's always on my radar, really, really big fan of it. Uh, and, and you just selflessly gifted that to a friend and said, we want you to keep playing. So, uh, and I was like, you, that was, that was a remarkable move and, and something really, really cool. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, we can talk about that a little bit now if you want to, uh, but, uh, 
I think bottom line is all your content's always been a little bit like, well, how do we do things differently? Often it's a budget angle, uh, you know, be sure. creative, uh, but you can be competent, you know, and, and just make sure you're, you're in the, uh, in the game and having a good time, I guess is, is the way to put it. So, um, yeah, uh, where I was getting with that anyway. Sorry, I'm kind of going off the rails a little bit. Why That's that okay. relates in That's all right. as my uh, intro- introduction to Brandon was uh, that you recently did another one of those deck techs about uh, the, the green-red uncommon partners in this set. So do you want to mm-hmm. reel us off who we're looking at? Sure, we can. Um, well, first of all, thanks for the intro. Obviously, I started the channel because... What the the basis behind my channel and the reason that I even really got started in trying to do this was when I really got into the commander format. I, I'd switched. I'd played standard for a little while, or I say a little while, years, um, <laughs> mm. and then um, I I moved to a different area and pretty much everybody there played commander, but everybody that was there like was you know, a judge or had been playing since 1997 or whatever. And just the, the power level that was there was, I mean, these guys were winning games casually and having a great time, turn seven, turn eight and that sort of thing. And I'm going, okay, what does this even do? And it, it was a little intimidating for somebody just trying to break into the format. Who's staring at a deck at Walmart going, uh, will this do that? And will this do exactly yeah <laughs> you know um, and it's a scary thought and it's and it, I, I my experience has been it can be yeah. often where adults in that position and we're getting into this card game in our mid-20s or something and or 30s even and you sure. all of a sudden you feel like you're a child again in not a good way that right. people can make you feel a little bit like incompetent or oh you, you're not ready to party with the big leagues you know that and it's <laughs> it sucks it really does if ever anyone ever makes you feel that way but uh and and not knowing that is a big thing about magic. You don't know if, like, I, I don't have the knowledge of the game yet to understand if, if this deck is good enough. So, Right. Well, and that's a that's a perfect segue because, like, my description that I use to describe my channel or, or even my, my Twitter feed or whatever is I help new EDH and Commander Brewers craft some, craft some decks and understand card interactions to begin a journey into the best mm. magic format, in my opinion. And it's just about like, you know, this one time I was helping somebody with a deck and they were playing a um, Halar Fire, uh, Fire Fletcher deck. And they mm. had they they were running low on cards in their hand, but they had, uh, uh, what was that card from Ixalan? Aggressive Urge. It's been a reprint or whatever. Give something plus one, plus one, and whatever. And they had Colossal Majesty on the field with Halar on the field. So I was like, hey, you know, on your on your upkeep before your draw step, play that. Because that makes Halar a four, ergo, you draw a card off of Urge, you draw a card off of Majesty, and then you draw your card for your draw step. So You, you re- still get the effect, too. Yeah. Right. So, you know, essentially refilled his hand on something that was, you know, I think he had 15 bucks in that deck. You know what I mean? So, mm. it was just, it's about the card interactions and stuff like that, and for a newer player... Those kinds of things they don't understand. It's one of the real reasons why I want to... I've got a couple of videos on my channel explaining how combos work. Um, You know, those those sorts of things. I just really want newer players who are entering the format to understand, hey, you don't need $1,000 to come in here and, and buy all the fetch lands in the world or whatever to build a reasonably competent deck and go out 
and just have a good time. But um, yeah, and I think that's it. There's a balance there for sure. So uh, yeah, and it's it's a great. I think there's there's so much space in in. I want to say the market. It's not really a market. It's just like in 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 the the uh, I guess the content space for for that kind of content because I think we're all a little bit guilty sometimes of we could talk about these cards and and, and things and and then assume everyone knows what we're talking about. But there's there's so much that goes into. It's just uh, goes without saying because we've been playing the game for years, and uh, you just right. see these things and take them for granted. But it's like it's really important to explain what's going on, and also why things are some like better than others. And all you have to do is rewind to when you started playing the game, and you go, "Oh, yeah. I, I looked at a fetch land. I'm like, why is that good? <laughs> you lose some life, you know, and not yeah. understanding." probability numbers thinning a deck um like curve considerations color fixing all these oh weird, for like, sure dude there's a huge there's an absolute myriad of factors okay. here why a fetch land is objectively amazing uh and and fetches a, a high price and and they're, they're the type of things that you start to explain and they start to really you, you i think you do a really good job of it it's like they're nice awesome concise videos and and the the decks often uh showcase a lot of really cool stuff too that uh, might be sometimes even commander staples. I'm like, oh yeah, people need to remember this is really good. Um, like uh, I saw Solar Harvest and Regal Force the other day, and like, well, you need to draw some cards in green. You got the beefy cre- creatures. Here's these guys. So um, right, no, it's always been great uh, for sure. So well, that's a yeah, perfect that's segue. That- actually, that's a no, perfect segue uh, because Solar Harvest and um, Regal Force are in the halana and elena partner pair from commander legends that i put out and i named that deck oops all creatures because literally that entire deck (laughs) is nothing but creatures and lands that's all it is there's there's no artifact there's no soul ring i know shoot me in the head right but there's no i do that all the time you know there's no soul ring in the deck there's no there's no instance there's no sorceries there's no enchantments i mean unless it's an enchantment creature um but it's literally 100% creatures. It's 100% lands or whatever the breakdown actually is. I don't even remember now. But so Soul of the Harvest, yeah, it's a lot of mana. But when you're, you know, when you're cast and when your entire deck <laughs> other than lands is creatures, whenever you play another non token yeah. creatures, you're going to draw a card. If you've got, if your entire deck is creatures and Regal Force cares about how many green creatures you have on the battlefield, well, it's not unthinkable that you could easily draw, you know, three, four, five, six cards just by playing this one and replenish your hand. So it's just fun interactions like that, that I, I really like when I'm, I don't know if it's a restriction or whatever you want to call it, but mm. I, th- I, just, I think so. I, and I think it's a fun one. Like I've, I've done that before with the, uh, the all creatures deck and it's a heap of fun. Like a lot of people yeah. are like, no, but you need these, you need the artifact, you need the soul ring, you need the instant or sorcery. And this is to show that, especially to a newer player, no, you can build this however you want, and it can be good. There's always ways. There's enough yeah. cards in, in Magic's history to make all this stuff work. And and I think, yeah, the all-creature deck is a heap of fun. Um, you almost run Umori the Collector yeah. if you're in the, the black color as well, um, which is something yeah. I did when I made that deck for, I think it was Nathroi. I did the Abzan version. And it was a fun bit uh, deck building restriction because all of a sudden you're looking at different cards for the effects you relied on artifacts or instants or sorceries to do. And you re- you quickly realize this, but I have to say, especially if you're in green, you'll find most effects on something for sure. Yeah, on a body. Well, and that's and that's exactly what it is. And if you look at that, if you look at that deck, if you include the lands, 
I mean, it's still not that hard to run that deck because the 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 average CMC I got it down to like two and a half or something. Yeah, like no, the, the the CMC curve is like two and a half on that deck, so it's not anything crazy. It does exactly what you would want to do. The lower costing stuff is is ramping you and getting you ready for the bigger stuff and whatever. But at the end of the day, I I want to build decks and I want to help people build decks that are you know, not standard or whatever. Cause I mean, mm. it, anybody can go on the CEDH database, go buy the deck, learn to pilot it and have a great time. And if that's what you want to do, that's how you want to play magic. I'm not the person to tell you not to do that, but exactly. I, I want, I want to make sure that, you know, if you're the type of person who's, you, you know what? I, I like playing creatures and turning them sideways. Well, here you go. Here's literally an all creatures deck play creatures please turn them sideways and have a great time you know that's yeah. that's the point of commanders to have fun and yeah. if if anybody's trying to tell you otherwise or cutting down your deck or whatever or telling you to take cards out or do this <laughs> or that then they then you may need to rethink whom you're seeking advice from i think they're just missing the point a lot of the time yeah it's like missing the point going well what if i really love this card and it doesn't have to be good i just like to include in the deck because it means something to me and often that's the thing too that's pet cards man pet cards pet cards mean stuff to people yeah and it could be cards that and there's nothing wrong with a pet card i don't give a shit what anybody says there's nothing wrong with a pet card to if you want to play a pet card like i freaking love i love arboreal grazer okay it came out war of the spark i love that card it's a one drop zero three lets you put an extra land from your hand onto the battlefield it's dumb it's stupid it's a zero three chump blocker but you know what? You're not gonna it's chip cool me monkey. for, and you're not gonna chip me with a one one or a two two. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, Pl- exactly. Plus, it's a sloth. That, take so, that early I mean, Hey. <laughs> so. No, anyway. exactly right. And I always look back to like, say, Shivan would would say he loves Mahamodi Jin, and and it's like, yeah, it's a yeah. Uh, it's a vanilla five six flyer. It's like, I just love it. It's great. So uh, we should reel off uh, what Elena and Halana. Um, actually read because uh, it, like we said and we, we kind of gave it a, uh, a nice intro but the deck is super yeah. cool like to see a a creatures only deck made out of two uncommon partner uh, commanders I guess green and red yep. from this set is, is incredibly topical for one but it also goes to show the amount of great stuff especially at like the uncommon and common slot in this set oh, uh, that I'm sure. super excited about you you could build We've got we've got deck lists to make for a long time now. This is uh, it's so wild. There's so many interesting combos of partners. The one color partners can go. The two color partners make new three color sets. Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's out of control. I love it to bits. So, uh, Elena and Halana were actually two of the the um, the first I think previewed cards for the whole set. Uh, yeah, they really, were dropped really cool. back in August. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, we'll go for. So one's four mana, one's five mana. I'll go the four one. Uh, four mana green creature Halana Kessig Ranger first because uh, mm-hmm. that's the first one you'll hit on curve, I guess. So legendary creature human archer has reach. Three, four, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two. When you do, this, uh, that creature uh, deals damage equal to its power to target creature. So it, it fights things. It's, oh, essentially fight things, but um, just deals damage. Doesn't have to exchange um, the fight. Uh, and it has partner. And then Elena, Elena Kessig Trapper is a four and a red. So five mana, legendary creature, human scout, first strike, uh, and has tap at an amount of red mana equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn. 
uh, and partner and four three is the uh, the rest of the text. So mm-hmm. um, as you can reel off, I guess it, that you were saying before, the interesting part is that whole uh, Elena is the mana dork. Yeah, the red one is the mana dork, and the green one is the removal spell, which is really funny and like a really fun in inversion uh, of where you you would expect to see the mana generation from Halana. So, um, but seeing mana generation on a commander is one of those things you start to identify as something that's really good and just feels nice because it's part of part of your fundamental things to play the game, mana generation sure. and especially ramp, uh, to be nice and comfy in the command zone. And same with seeing anything that's drawing cards from the command zone uh, mm-hmm. that you have access to is always a nice thing. If it has both, i.e. if you're playing basically anything, you know, some of the crazy Simic commanders, then, of course, you're not going to have too much of a hard time uh, generating your value for sure. But, yeah, do you want to run off uh, what, what you're thinking about Halana and, and, and uh, Alena yeah, and ab- anything interesting you've discovered from building the deck? Absolutely. The um, These two, when when they were first spoiled, I was... I immediately was like, okay, I've I've got to build them because, A, they're backwards, <laughs> um, so that's cool in itself. And yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I I love certain commanders that do the th- the thing that they want to do. Like, uh, you know, they have these special abilities and that that sort of thing. But in EDH, obviously, they you really need to make sure that you can you can draw cards, you can ramp, and you can remove threats. And this partner mm-hmm. pair obviously does two of those things, and you have it sitting right there in the command zone for you. So that in itself was another reason why I immediately thought, okay, I got to build these two because, you know, two of the three things you need are sitting in the command zone. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and how the how the oops all creatures title came about actually was, uh, I was, you know, I'm a not a small individual. I'm I'd reckon I'm over 250 pounds at this point. You know, COVID weight. Actually, no, I was fat before then. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, I was uh, indulging in some uh, Captain Crunch, and I was like, hey, that's a perfect thing. So if you look for the uh, thumbnail, that's that's a homage to the inspiration for the deck, actually. <laughs> um, and our podcast name in a weird way. <laughs> uh, actually, and your podcast name, yes. Uh, that's- <laughs> I like what you've done there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those ones where I, I I just got inspired because I knew, I knew when commander legends started coming out and they introduced these two as partners, I was like, okay, clearly there's going to be some crazy stuff that's coming out. Clearly there's going to be, uh, an amazing set coming out with a lot of commander staples or a lot of things that are going to be excellent for the format. But I really wanted to make sure that I focused on an uncommon set of commanders because you know typically when we crack open a pack or at least when i do when i crack open a pack one of the first things i do is i you know check out the back card to see what rare i may have pulled and yeah, it's hard not to exactly it, it's it's hard not to honestly sometimes because it's like oh what's the big you know reveal da-da. um and then you know then you start going through the other cards especially when I'm drafting, I just go right to the back and I'm like, okay, is this what I want? Nope. Okay. Then I start looking at the other cards. Um, (laughs) But with these two, I was like, you know, there's definitely some inspiration here just because of, uh, well, the lore behind them is, is fantastic about how, you know, 
who they are and and that sort of thing so obviously that's an amazing storyline if you haven't gotten to a checked a, a chance to check out the lore behind them then they're pretty pretty awesome as well yeah but gonna i have to i think i just i just saw them and i was like you know what an uncommon pair uh, that do two of the three things that i need to make sure that my deck is doing what what is wrong with that first of all nothing and second of all let's just i Honestly, most of it was a revolving around the fact that it said, okay, she adds, uh, Elena adds red equal to the greatest power among creatures that you control that entered the battlefield this turn. So, okay, I need to be playing creatures. And Halana said, whenever another creature enters the battlefield, pay two. And if you do, it deals damage equal. Okay, so I was like, this deck literally is is telling me that I need to be playing creatures. <laughs> so it kind Nothing of made it easy for me. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I, I see Elena making like quite a, uh, a decent amount of mana sometimes too. Uh, be, she, um, yeah, really nice. in in a little bit of playtesting, uh, obviously there's, since there's no creatures in this deck, I have a lot of the big boys in there like Rurik Thar. And, um, mm. you know, so, you know, I did get to play a down a Rurik Thar one time and then immediately tapped her for six red mana. And then I got to play... Uh, Itali Primal Storm on the same turn. <laughs> so yeah, exactly, I was like, and, and who says that, you, that's you, a good you day? Can't play non-creatures. Exactly, you can play them off other people's decks, but the Rurik Thar's there, and which may disincentivize you, I guess. But uh, yeah, sure. I, and and then you get to you got to run the uh, what is the uh, is it Nikia the, of the old ways, the Mana Doubler, but you can't like uh, yep. you can't play non-creature spells. And you're like, that's fine by me. <laughs> Yep, yep. So you can so. you can't you can't. It physically tells you you can't cast non-creature spells, but it doubles up, you know, your mana. So I'm like, yes, please. That's absolutely fine with me. Some of the other ones, like the one, like there's a uh, one that doesn't get used very often, but uh, Sumberwald Sage um, is the yeah, human yeah. the human druid that taps for three mana that you can only use to cast creature spells. Well, okay, I don't. Yeah, that's fine sure. with me. In this deck, anyway. yeah, there's a few of those effects so. for sure. Like, it, I think there's a two mana dork that does the same thing. Uh, yeah, there's a few I've played in the past. You're like, oh, this is actually fine. Yeah, I think he's got haste too. Actually, might be a two mana any color, but for creatures, I don't know the name of the card, but uh, yeah, it's got haste, so you can use it straight away. Always a yep. nice one. But yeah, but yeah, super cool deck. Check it out, anyone on um, on Create Commanders uh, YouTube page. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just super fun one, and I think also. Like you said, you're like, oh, we've got to make something out of these uncommons. And now, as we've we've found, as the the rest of the uh, the set has been released, the the myriad of just uncommon commanders that that have just like, well, I can make any number of these in a great way. And they're they're not. I I don't think they never. I don't think they feel powered down at all. I feel like these could be rares in any other set. They they in, have any other that set. Level some of, of these could have been. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. They, they have that level of complexity of of interesting uh, design space, that kind of thing that usually is reserved for that rare or mythic slot. So that's really exciting, especially like we say with the ones with partner. But I'm going to get into some now that um, especially a focus on these uncommons for sure. So there's one like my favorite commander to to, to build that I really want to straight away now is an uncommon, uh, and I'll get into that one in a second one. But Chesh I know had one, absolutely adores. Uh, the the Naga uh, Simic one. Where is it? I'll have to scroll down and go find it. Um, with the Cascade Chesh, you were you were pointing mm-hmm. this one out to me. How how 
as much fun this will be to play. Emoti. Cascade. Yeah, Emoti. Cascade. Celebrant of Bounty. Five mana. Legendary creature, Naga Druid. 3-1, Cascade. <laughs> so, oh yeah, forgot. Emoti has Cascade. So, a five mana mm-hmm. Simic card. Fine, you're in Simic. Good. Like, just having a great time anyway. Uh, and then spells you cast with convert mana cost six or greater have Cascade. I, I I would even go a stretch to... I was... This is the card I was so surprised was an uncommon. This could be a mythic in standard sets. Of like the, mm-hmm. how splashy the effect is. Uh, see what I did there? Cascade, water, splash. Uh, but just how much fun this is going to be. And I don't like... I don't know. We've talked a bit... Like some people have talked about Cascade lately. And they're like, oh, is it great? Whatever. People even go on to say... Go on as far as saying they, they don't like it. And it's a bad mechanic. Or like, as in because... Hey, it Sam. makes it makes hey, the game Sam. worse or something, but it's like I'll, I'll boil it down to what's, it's fun on your end for sure. But I don't. What's nine mana and reads Chesh wins the game? <laughs> exactly. Which one again? <laughs> uh, is this the blue? No, the green one. Exactly. The Reshape green, the, green. the earth. Reshape yeah. the earth. Yeah. I'm sorry. Give it cascade as well. What? <laughs> Do you know? I realize this, uh, Chesh. I haven't played green in a matter of weeks. Like it's a matter month now, and I don't know I, why. I think I I've like gone from never playing green to pretty much playing green in almost all of my decks. Does over the last, like, and I did six months. I did for ages too. Like a lot of my great, my my favorite decks have green. I just but- I've never I've never been a fan because green is uh, other than landfall. Green has mostly been around like big stompy stupid creatures yeah. and like stompy stomps, and it's just like that's fucking boring. Yeah, exactly, but. Magic design has changed so much that green's now like, hey, I do all this like different stuff. I have a really good support color. Would you like to put your arm around me? And I'm like, yes, I would. Yes, yes that I is would. yes. I'm a tree. Put my arm. Put your Keep arm green around a little me. Smooch. Exactly. Um, we should preface too. So, mm-hmm. Cascade. Just in case, uh, if anyone's like, for instance, uh, some of the client or the sorry, the the the, the audience for, uh, for for Brandon's channel, that kind of thing. But if you haven't heard of Cascade, it's great. Like it's really really good as a mechanic. Um, basically, it just says when you cast a spell, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. You may cast it without paying its mana cost. Put the exiled cards on the bottom of your library in any random order. So important to note, whenever you Cascade, so you say, for instance, you cast Emoti, five mana. The Cascade, so your Emoti is still in the stack, by the way. So Emoti has not entered the battlefield. Uh, you're Cascading into that next spell, and uh, this is an important distinction. So you're going to hit that next spell that is under the four, uh, sorry, the five, so it's four or under, uh, and then you cast that because of the way the stack works. You do that one first, and then Emoti will resolve afterwards. So that's something to remind, like to, 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 uh, kind of keep in mind for things especially like enter the battlefield effects that if people are doing that big cascade uh jungling and and bouncing between cascade to other cascade cards which yes it does trigger so if you emote into another card that has cascade can't think of one under four mana shardless agent for instance the shardless agent will trigger and then that cascade will go off and and so on and so forth and then they'll they'll resolve in reverse order so emote has not entered the battlefield for anything that cares about that by the time or you know, by the time you've you've uh, triggered or resolved your your second cascade in that chain, so I think it's mainly for those people. You know, people like to play Maelstrom Wanderer, which is in the set. There's always been a fun one in team of colors, and you get cascade, cascade. Uh, so you get two um, for I think it's eight mana, and all your stuff has haste. So often, oftentimes, it can mean a really splashy uh, kind of explosive turn. But 
that type of thing. I think it's the spider in this set, the recluse. Where is it? Really, I don't know why. I really love this card. But I'll read it off now. Uh, where is it? Sweet Gum Recluse is a six mana creature spider flash cascade reach. Really cool and elegant. So zero three. When it enters the battlefield, put three one one counters on each. Uh, each of any number of target creatures that enter the battlefield this turn. So the whole idea of this, you might cascade into other creatures and they've entered the battlefield before the Sweet Gum Recluse because that'll be the last to resolve off a cascade chain. So it 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 gets plus one, uh, three plus one counters and then also the others do too. So just a bit of um, a reminder on how, how things resolve because I know myself, I'll shortcut a lot of stack shenanigans and think I'm, I'm doing the right thing, but I'll make mistakes all the time for sure. So... Um, oh, if you're way. if you're gonna play Cascade, or if she if if anybody's planning on playing that commander, you might as well try to pick up a copy of that Apex Devastator now. Oh, so that's the other one I forgot to mention. Exactly. So, Chess, do you like this big dumb green thing? It's great. It's a big dumb green thing. But a, a, a big dumb green thing that to, that no, but it could be anything. It could be a boat, like I always say. It could be a nine mana spell. <laughs> You can so Apex Devastator into reshape the earth. That's that's totally doable. Apex Devastator is a mythic, a, a ten mana mythic, eight green green, Chimera Hydra, ten ten, cascade, 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 cascade is its rules text. <laughs> you get four of them. That's great. <laughs> that's really good. So remind me how this works, the fact that you get cascade, cascade off Maelstrom Wander, and of course you get four of them here. And again, this really shows that I'm not the most adept of players. I still make mistakes all the time. I don't know everything about this game. This is where uh, Scroll Rack comes in handy. That is true. Top deck manipulation is the fun one. But so if you're going Cascade, 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 Cascade. So you resolve your first Cascade. Say it's an eight mana spell, which you've done pretty well if you do that. Your next Cascade trigger, does that have to be less than that eight? Or it can still be relative. It's relative to the ten. Reading the card. Multiple. Oh, and it's, it's, it's in a reminder text. Multiple <laughs> instances of Cascade each trigger separately. So you still get essentially the, the 10 mana times four. The 10 mana Cascade times four. That's what it says. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's what so it good. does. So you can, it doesn't go well, down the... Yeah, you, triggers to nine. If you hit a soul ring off the first one, it doesn't mean the second one has to be a zero. It keeps mana. going. Exactly. Yep. Well, yep. you can still... Yeah. But it's relative the to the first, original one, The of first instance of Cascade is now completed. Yes. Then next instance of cascade can now go but it doesn't care about for some reason in my mind initially and i think this is a a legacy thing of i just want to clear this up of course but i used to think i think this is the way it works but it's like if you trigger something small on the first one the second cascade actually cares about that which it does not so yes cascade's gonna be fun you're gonna be seeing some (laughs) cascade stuff do the rounds i'm not gonna be surprised if you go to if you get the chance to go to a pre-release or a a, a draft style event for this set or you buy a box and you know draft with your friends at home then cascade is definitely one of the ones i would be looking at in this particular set as a limited kind of thing because that I mean, you're oh, the, the, like, the, li- the likelihood yeah. you, that you're going to get the Apex Devastator out is very, very slim. But I mean, just the other Cascade stuff that you can accidentally or on purposely fall into is freakishly good in this set. Oh yeah, and it's I think that's that's worth noting too. There's a lot of stuff on situ. It's a situational uh, effect that might just have Cascade on it, which I really love now, and I'd be interested in playing with. At common rarity, I'm pretty sure, too. So we're talking about, like, there's the enchantment artifact removal. So you get a naturalize effect with Cascade on it for five mana. 
and I know it sounds expensive, but with Cascade, it almost it's better to be on that side anyway. Well, it has to be for balance. But yeah, five mana at common, instant Cascade, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Same thing with a... There's a counter spell, isn't there, too? Forceful Denial, three blue, blue, instant Cascade, counter target spell. So a fi- like five mana effects at instant speed is also really fun because you have the opportunity of... Uh, who knows what it's going to be? That's why Cascade is so much fun when you're playing it. Uh, but you may actually cheat something into play that probably shouldn't be there at instant speed sometimes. So very, very fun for sure. But it's it's going to be, like you say, the limited environment is going to be really interesting. And I think I've seen a lot of really fun archetypes. I haven't read the whole rundown just yet, but the, the Cascade and Big Mana stuff in blue-green will be really fun. There's classic Rakdos uh, sacrifice type stuff. I see some blue white flyers. Always love the seagulls. Uh, what else was there? There's a few other archetypes. There's like tokens in, I think, black white, which was really, really interesting. Like making tokens and tokens leaving the battlefield was a really cool way to do it. Pirates are getting an absolute massive <laughs> just boost here. Pirates, oh, I think I've seen insane, a few pe- man. Yeah, people have been saying, what's with pirates getting so many cards? And, and you know, when we need more dog cards or something. But it's like, this is actually really nice because I remember, I remember entering the game years ago and going, I'm going to make a wacky, weird pirate deck in Commander. And that's why Commander became my favorite format because you do weird things like that. And it doesn't have to be the best, but you can have fun and make people laugh or just go, what's that card? Which is, again, the, the very reason I play the game. But back then I had Ramirez Del Pietro. <laughs> it's like, that was it. And like a vanilla nice. pirate, essentially. And I, I don't have the card, but I was like, that was my option to play pirates. I'm like, cool, I'll do it. It'd be awesome. And I remember like looking at putting the list together. And then Admiral Beckett Brass came out. And then I think even then, like as a Grixis pirate, so it gelled all the stuff together in, in uh, Ixalan. And that was a nice... But even then, it was still a bit of a meme deck. It's like, haha, there's just pirates, whatever. I think we've seen pirates in most sets since. It's crazy. Uh, it's just they just keep coming. It's it's really cool. Like in core sets, uh, what's the one you were ta- saying the other week, Chesh? People need to be playing more. The one in a red reverse Snapcaster Mage. What's that card called? The 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 Pirate Boy. Yeah, Pirate. Exactly. <laughs> we're talking about pirates. The Pirate Boy. Pirate Boy. Pirate Boy. The, yep. the, 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 it does a spell and, and does a thing. That one's amazing. Love it. Just drop well, it in, flash it yeah, in, and get their Dark- swords to plowshares for one. You, f- you figure Darkside Extortionist is a pirate? Of course, of course. Like, far out. I forgot that one was as well. So, the pirates have more than enough to make a competent deck now that, you know, can yeah. can actually get some cool payoffs. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of cool ones. I won't read them all off. But there's a lot of stuff that, of course, cares about pirates in the set uh, because it's a, a cool limited mechanic. Uh, and and a fun tribal mechanic as well, like we said before. Do you mean I shouldn't have sold off the uh, ten copies of Admiral Beckett Brass that I kept bloody cracking out of that set constantly? Yeah, yeah. Because even like I say, that set came out and, and it was still a bit of a meme. Like it's just like people are like, oh, how, it's kept... it's not it's it's not going to happen much where you do actually actually do three da- like uh, damage with three pirates to an opponent to steal one of their things. It's still I the, just kept opening it. It's still the coolest lord for the uh, for the. What do you call it? Or the best, the coolest commander for the uh, the archetype, I guess, if you're running it. Unless, is there a partner combination mm. you can do? Potentially. I haven't seen I haven't it. checked all the pirate ones, but I assume so. There's don't, a blue-red one. Oh, no, he doesn't have partner. Um, don't believe so, no. There's a bunch anyway. There's plenty of new, new um, what do you call it, um, legendary ones anyway. But, yeah, pirates are good. Have fun. If you like pirates, just do the pirate thing, so... The and next you- uncommon one I wanted to reel off. Yeah, sorry, what was that? Hey, I was just going to... 
finish one thing up on the pirate thing there. If you do happen to like the throwback art to the Ixalan time frame, check out the artwork for Coercive Recruiter, um, the Orc Pirate or whatever. Um, It's Mm. there's, I believe that's the Oath Sworn Vampire that the recruiter has the uh, knife to its throat. So it's it's funny to it's funny to me to look back and like Oathsworn Vampire is one of those ones that I like to make like really budgety kind of you know combos oh, off of with Bantu's yeah. Monument and stuff. But yeah, check out the if mm. you if you're appreciative of art like that, then I would definitely have a have a look at that one. It's just that's and, super and, cool. and yeah, by the way, it's the a good card. So <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Coercive Recruiter is a four and a red for a creature orc pirate. Whenever Coercive Recruiter or another pirate enters the battlefield under your control, gain control of a target creature until the end of the turn. On top of that creature, until end of turn, it gains haste and becomes a pirate in, in addition to its other types. And it's a four three. So that's the you get a threaten effect on any enter. That's fantastic. That I goes really a, good. That goes really good in that blue red one you were just talking about, the pirate tribal one or what have you. If you're playing something like an arcane yeah. adaptation that changes what things are or whatever, oh, that, yeah. or what uh, what's that? What's a card? Not maybe it's not arcane adaptation. Anyway, there's some card that, the can one, ta- that can change. Yeah, they can yeah, change yeah. creature types. So you use conspiracy the card as well. That that does the job. Maybe so, that's uh, it, yeah. And in, if you're in, if you're in blue black, you have access to both. So you can it just reads everything. Uh, oh, blue black red. Blue black red. There's your Grixis. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's why I think yeah, Becca Brass, uh, like say Chesh, might uh, might have a bit of a spike in price. You might people might be searching for their Becca Brasses to really put this part. Well, I shouldn't have sold all mine off then. Oh, what did you sell them for? A hot two dollars fifty each. Like a hot hot dollar fifty each, I think. Now, oh, well, I don't think I'll go up too I much. It's still like a. They'll fun, never go up. They'll never go it's up. A it's fun, a joke. It's a fun it's casual just deck, a, but yeah, I think it's just it's, got more pieces. An okay card, but it wasn't ever going to be powerful. Enough, you know what? Exactly. You know what? All right, fine. I, I just to show some uncommon love uh, and sticking on the pirate theme. Phantom <laughs> Fleet Swordjack. Phantom Fleet Swar- uh, Swordjack um, with Dockside Extortionist is a really good thing if you um, like attacking and doing lots of damage. That's what I'll say Where about is that. This one. What color? What color is this one? Uh, uh, it's it's red. It's red. It's red. Where are you, Phantom Fleet? Uh, it is an there uncommon. you are. That's it. That's also a good um, intro into Encore because I don't think we covered that at all last week, and and it actually also kind of dovetails into a an Encore relevant commander I wanted to talk about. But uh, yeah, Phantom Fleet Swordjack is three in a red creature orc pirate four three. When Phantom Fleet Swordjack attacks. It deals damage to tar- the, the player or planeswalker it's attacking equals the number of artifacts you control. Oh, that does go well. Far out. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> so how much treasure do you have? And that's how uh, that's how inspired this, this fella is to attack. The other part of it, though, is Encore. So five and red uh, for basically just some redundancy. And I, I think a really cool uh, new mechanic in this set to give you some late game push. But it says five and a red... Exile this creature, uh, this card from your graveyard for each opponent. Create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn if able. They gain haste. Sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Activate only as a sorcery. So yeah, it's it's essentially like a myriad type effect where your whether things care about tokens sometimes can be fun. But essentially, you've got the the four mana version of this, which does it. It's just the just the creature on the board gets to keep keep doing this. 
Uh, once it dies and it's in your graveyard for whatever reason, later on you can pull it back out for six mana to get essentially three of them if you're attacking one of your opponents each. Uh, and that's that can be really powerful. And seeing Encore also stapled onto some creatures with ETB effects is really, really good as well. Uh, but this one, yeah, can be such a nice push for extra damage later. And I just, I really love Encore as a mechanic. I think it's super, super cool for sure. So that one's an uncommon. Uh, yeah, so the one I want to talk about uh, was, still in these colors actually, but the blue-red one, Aromi. Arumi? <laughs> it's my Rumi. A-R-A-U-M-I is the name of the Dead Tide. And it's a three-mana, one blue-black, uncommon, legendary creature, merfolk wizard, uh, a 1-4. And so this is the kind of commander that, this is actually the one I was talking about. This is my, my most favorite thing in the set, I'm pretty sure. So it just says, Arumi just says, tap, exile cards from your graveyard equal to the number of opponents you have. Uh, so you have to, often we're playing four-player games, so exile three cards from your graveyard to activate this. Target creature card in your graveyard gains Encore until the end of turn. The Encore cost is equal to its mana cost. So, have you seen this one, Chesh? Or looked at it in, with, with any desire at all? Nope. No. Well, I'm just, just going to give you one card. Spoilers, for a, remember? What's that, sorry? I've not been looking at spoilers. I saw the, the big nine mana ones, and that's all I've seen. <laughs> Case closed. That's why we come here and, and hang out and talk about it, and we can find the fun things. So, shout out to Coil from last week, uh, Guardian Project podcast. So, he was he was super keen on, um, on, on building this one, and they had their episode of kind of the same thing, their discussions of what cards they're interested in this week. Uh, and and that that came up, and we've talked about this. How cool this deck is actually. And Arumi as a as a uncommon Demir Merfolk, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. This is amazing. But repeatable give your things encore is super super cool. Now Coil, I will say, made a really hyper powerful like consultation Tharsis Oracle type thing. <laughs> shows you can make a really high-powered version of this deck. But all I looked at was just the first thing I think comes to everyone's mind with just getting a uh, a repeat, uh, well, not repeat so much, but times three something in your graveyard, and you just think of a good ETB triggers. And you're like, well, get like Gary. So Grey Merchant of Asphodel comes in as a five-mana, uh, three black-black uh, merchant guy, zombie, does, doesn't really matter too much, but just says uh, when it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses uh, life equal to your devotion to black. So comes in and that's only two. Uh, and I, I should note two. And then you gain the life equal to the amount lost this way. So you usually comes in with no other support or your opponents lose two and then you gain two. And uh, sorry, you gain six uh, total, which is being great because if you're in a, a black heavy deck, you might dome them for 10 and you might gain 30 and it can really swing a game and you can do some wacky stuff with Gary. And that's why Gary is one of the most beloved uh, mythic commons ever made uh, from, from original Theros, I believe. So Gary can come in with th- two, no, two copies, three copies of it, basically, if you're encoring Gary uh, and will read when, when it enters, they all enter at the same time. And we'll also see a at the very least as the other black pip on the board. So your devotion will be total, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So everyone's dome for seven, you gain 21 is, is a pretty good deal. And now all you need to do is just, if you find any other ways to put black devotion on the board, you're having a, an absolute laugh. So I love those kind of effects. I also harken back to, do you guys remember like Valor the Nightclad? 
and um, that used to be one of the cool things to do in Commander back in the day, I guess. Like, I remember some of the... Still is, if you mean you're playing uh, Eureka, thank you very oh, much. Exactly, exactly. So, so Valor gives your things Intimidate, which can be relevant, but more importantly, whenever a creature leaves the battlefield on your... Um, uh, on your board everyone loses one life so the fun part of that was uh it often used to be we've been talking a little bit about like years ago the commander cards that used to you see do the big splashy things often to end a game or whatever doing things like valor the nightclad and 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 doing the what's the five no sorry four mana uh right of replication uh which is the copy spell so create a token that's a copy of a creature you control uh, or a creature pretty much and then you can kicker it to i think for nine mana basically to make five of them so you make five valors they all most of them or four of them sacrifice because of the um or five of them will all sacrifice straight away because of the um uh the legend rule which means auto trigger on valor and then they all all read the effect at the same time so i think it's something like you're doing 25 damage to people which back like that used to be a cool thing. I know there's heaps splashy things you can do, but those kind of effects I was looking at really cool, fun things to do. And then a bunch of other cards to to throw in the deck, like just good ETBs in Demir. They don't need to say more than that. So your Mold Drifter even is a fun one. You could even evoke it just to put it in the yard. But then when it enters, it draws two cards times three. <laughs> so lots of fun things there. Shriekmore is fun. Anything with good ETBs in black and blue, like I say. Deluvian Primordials. Mm, you know I love that card. That's It's casting an instant of sorcery from each of your opponent's graveyards. Uh, so that times three. So that could get really wild. Just storm off with that and then Mind's Desire if you really want to. Fun, fun. The other part of this, though, Chesh, I was saying, uh, I was just thinking of, remember when you built the Kethis deck? The mm-hmm. Absan one where it cares about, I believe, it's all legendaries and, and stuff, and we'll call it Keith. Yeah, Keith, legendary deck. Keith Moon, very fun. But it has a similar effect of, of the harvesting things out of the graveyard where you, you have to exile something, don't you? Well, I'm pretty sure you have to exile something out of the graveyard as part of the cost to, to get something out of the... I need to look it up. Kethis. Keith Moon of the Rock... Kethis the Hidden Hand reads, yeah, you have to exile two legendary cards from your graveyard, then it tri- and you pay one. No, sorry, they cost one less. And then it goes, until the end of the turn, each legendary card in your graveyard gains, you may play this card from your graveyard. So how, oh, how mean, much yeah, yeah. of that cost comes into it, like whether you're building it to kind of fill the graveyard up inherently, which is probably the way to go. Uh, wheels help in that that kind of situation just just kind of passively filling it up anyway so something to keep in mind i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest with you when i built the deck the uh the the deck was legendary because you got to cast them for less yeah the exile the two legendary cards from your graveyard thing hardly actually matters it's just gravy for later if you want something back yeah and just good recursion. and, and that's the thing like when you're building cathars it's a bit of a different kettle of fish because it's not like you're not focusing the deck around like, oh, I've got to put stuff in the discard pile to get it back to my hand because yeah. that's just a waste of, of time. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was literally based around like, how can I make all the stuff that I want to play a lot cheaper than what they actually are? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, but yeah, Arami is, of course, like the effect relies on having a few things in the yard. So something to keep in mind, I just think it's going to be super fun. And, and the one that actually has excited me the most of all the cards, of all the splashy mythics and, and rares, that kind of thing, it's a, uh, a cute little... Um, uncommon that's kind of got my fancy not to mention mm. kanji skywarden kanji's back not much to say about him because he's he's okay uh he's a three white blue 
legendary creature bird wizard 3-3. You know I love me some seagulls. They're the best. Flying vigilance whenever Kanji Skywarden attacks. Attacking creatures with flying get plus 3 plus 0 until the end turn. And then the opposite is true for whenever Kanji blocks. Blocking creatures with flying get plus 0 plus 2 until the end of turn as well. So it's just cool. It's like just, just anthems up your flyers. Not much to be said about it except for Kanji. He was one of my favorite seagull uh, bird cards for um, the bird deck, which I do have a bird tribal deck. So very, very fun. Uh, Brandon, uh, kind of been stealing some microphone space off you, but uh, any others you've got there you want to kind of reel off, tickle your fancy? Um, Just uh, there's a few things. Again, I'm I'm just a big fan of tribal because I like to keep it, I mean, I like to keep things casual because that's kind of the theme of my channel. But uh, one of the ones that I really enjoy or enjoyed as soon as it was spoiled was uh, Rayav Mastersmith. The Boros, it's red, oh, yeah. white. The, you know, whenever a creature you control that's enchanted or equipped attacks, that creature gains double strike until end of turn. Um, that's, I mean, obviously, if you're in Boros and you're playing an equipment deck, then that can be super good. And it's really cool mm. to see some other stuff like um, Hamza, the elephant. We actually finally got like a Loxodon kind of, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, um, whatever general you want to call it the turtle more the turtle, or less the, yeah 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 exactly. the turtle the turtle was cool um i can't remember the name of the turtle now gosh some all uh, the uh all, all the great crete archelos the lagoon mystic but all these great great there. um creature types yeah. getting a nice representative now so yeah you're yeah. right we haven't had a legendary elephant have we no i don't think so um and then the two the two other ones oh, i got three other ones actually uh no, no, we, keep going. We, we, we had the we had the rat we had the rabbit. We got the rabbit, finally. <laughs> we need we need to reel off the rabbit. I forgot about that one. That yeah. one's super funny. Cheshire, I think you'll love this one and I want to see you do something funky with it. But Quain int uh itinerant, is that the word? Yeah. Itinerant meddler is a white and a blue, so just Azorius. Mm-hmm. Legendary creature, mm-hmm. rabbit wizard, one three. Tap Quain. Each player may draw a card, and then each player who drew a card this way gains one life. Pass. I know, but it's funky, and it's fun. it's, it's just. I mean, it's it's, it, it's a funky Azorius group hug kind of thingy. Um, that I keep thinking Selvala. Like I, I play the green white Selvala deck um, mm-hmm. that gets you mana and draws other people cards, and you get life as well. But it can be really good. Yeah, it can be really fast. It doesn't matter that other people are drawing cards. This could be fun, and that kind of thing. Anyway, people tend to. Not throw aggression, aggression your way when you're drawing them cards too. So that can always be an effect. But I look can forward be. to seeing the ra- yeah exactly. I look forward to seeing the rabbit do work. It'd be funny. Yeah. Sure. Um, you, you you get them live too. You can you can hand them favors. It's like one hundred percent. It's very it's a very political we, card, man. You know, if you if you're exactly, into playing and politics I, and actually speaking to the people that you're trying to be social with, then you know it might actually be which we absolutely you know, a good card to be around. Yeah. And I think that's it. We don't. We probably don't see enough, uh, like, partial uh, political kind of implication cards like this. That I mean, we see a few, I guess, but maybe just play a few more uh, if possible. Because often we're leaning on something that only Commander has, which is you have politics at your disposal. It's not a one v one where you're not speaking to the opponent. You're you're you have ways to where you should, on paper, be absolutely dead on board, but you made an agreement with someone. So those kind of things, I think, are super powerful mm-hmm. in Command and also why it's so much fun. So I, I think we need... I'd love to see a, a bit more partial 
political stuff going on there where you just have the ability to hand a favor here and there and actually give them something apart from your word that you're, you know, to offer uh, as an agreement. It's like, here, have a life and a card. Don't you want that? Exactly. Um, this one I does do each player, of course, but sometimes more targeted. It's really cool. And for that reason, I, I love effects like, um, is it Yavamai Dryad? I think it's the one. Basically, a um, uh, this is the type of thing you'd throw in the, uh, the green-red deck where you're playing on your creatures. You're looking for rampant growth-like effects on a creature. This one fetches a forest, I'm quite sure. Uh, I don't have it up in front of me. But importantly, it says target player. So you can actually... Oh, no. Yeah, you search up a forest from your deck and target player puts on the battlefield. So you can offer that forest to someone else if they're in need. And and sometimes that's quite a nice bargaining chip. And I just like that flexibility. Usually you use it for yourself, but sometimes you might give it to someone else. So very, well, I'm, very I'm, also, I'm also greedy, and I already know that in Quain I would be like, I would be making sure that I'm having smothering tithe out so people are, you know, drawing three <laughs> cards. Getting, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, y'all can have the benefit, but I'm getting three, you know. So, exactly. Yeah, um, and it's like that's ultimately uh, political. It's it's the whole, it's like Guafa Hazid. It's like, oh, you can't, I'm going to give you a card. And like, oh, boy, a card. It's like, but your creature can't do anything. I don't care, I've got a card. <laughs> it's like, right. It's great. They're not looking at you because you they got a card out of it. And you're like, meanwhile, with all this treasure, this is great. So, yeah. And yeah. that's that's a great way to put it. And I think that's going to be really fun. I look forward to seeing what people do with that one for sure. So Yeah, those were, the, those were the cute ones. Now, obviously, the ones that there's there's two more commanders and one more specific card that I want to talk about for sure. Mm. And the, I was the command say, there is unicorn in the cute list too. By the way, before we well, yes, Lathiel, okay. the boundless dawn. So yeah, look I, that one up. I, cra- <laughs> I, cra- I, cra- I cracked the one from uh, Jumpstart, so I'm good on the unicorn stuff. Um, oh, true. No, you're right. We do have Emil. So yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Um, Nevin Raw, Urborg Tyrant, the Esper, Larry, finally- Larry Nevins. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> Um, Larry Emda. My favorite part <laughs> of that. My favorite part of that card. I love the fa- my favorite part of that card. It's in Esper. It's in the. It's in that the color setup that I just. I don't play it that often, but when I do, I like to be as degenerate as possible by playing like send triplets and stuff like that. Yeah, um, sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> the last part of the text on that one is when when it dies, you pay one generic mana. And when you do, you destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. It's just far out. You pay one and just go. Yeah, sure, go ahead, kill it, please. <laughs> you know exactly, exactly. It's yeah, it's the uh, it's the ultimate porcupine type thing. It's it's yeah. pretty nuts. Um, the, just yeah, far out. That, Three six, yeah. six mana zombie wizard hexproof from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. That's pretty fun. And then when Larry Nevins, uh, I should say this because Nevenuel's disc is, of, of course, a card we, we know and love as a, uh, a nice artifact board wipe um, mm-hmm. that we, we often use. And it feels like you've got, you've got your finger on the trigger and everyone else has to pivot their game plan to, to work around the fact that you can blow this thing up at any, any point. Uh, it's fun to see the named character from Nevenuel's disc. But as I said, it's basically it's just a guy's name backwards. So that's as far as I know. And Chesh might be able to chime in how much um, what the whole story is, maybe. But essentially, I'm pretty sure it's as simple as Larry Nevin is is someone that deserved a call out, and that's why Nevenuel backwards is uh, is Larry Nevin. So 
now is a named character. It's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, but yeah, so, so that name character is one that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more decks of. I mean, I know obviously the last bit can be quite scary, and that's okay. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm a Wind Grace player, so me being a Jund guy, <laughs> your lock. Uh, you guys may have touched on that one before, but your lock, where you know any a player losing unspent mana causes uh, that player to lose that much life uh, yeah the mana burn one yeah the mana burn one yeah i mean that's that's got me written all over it but the card that has me probably the most excited believe it or not is a sorcery oh nice nice all right and you mentioned you said the name you said a uh the what this card does earlier Wheel of Misfortune. Oh yeah, we and this is the one too. So we talked about this a little bit with um with Annie mm-hmm. Coyle last week, but I I yeah. I'm so keen to hear every single person's view on this card and how they want to play it because there's been people I've heard of like oh I just name six billion like oh that's not how the card works whoops like I just die um but yeah Wheel of Misfortune read read off how uh, or what you're thinking about the card uh, okay. Brandon and, and and how you want to play it. So this card goes in. Um, my Jeskai Spellslinger deck, hundred percent. It goes nice. in there. It's obviously for for those who don't know it, it or hadn't heard it before. It's two and a red. Uh, each player secretly chooses a number zero or greater. Then all players reveal those numbers simultaneously, and determine the highest and lowest numbers revealed this way. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the highest number to each player who chose that. Uh, who chose that number each player who didn't choose the lowest number discards their hand then draws seven cards so uh scroll rack i don't know if you follow them on instagram but scroll rack on instagram had a bit of a combo with this one with a card called samite ministration and that is an instant speed one in a white <laughs> prevent all damage that would be dealt by a source of your choice to you this turn Whenever damage from a black or red source is prevented this way, you gain life equal to that damage. Now, pair that with Aetherflux Reservoir, and you've pretty much got game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless something is countered. (laughs) And then, you know. Oh, that's great. I'd love that to be. So that's how how I envision playing that card, and yeah, I know I'm going to get hate for it. But that's okay. No, it's not like it's not. That's I don't think it's too insidious or anything. It's like you've got to assemble a three card combo. That's that's actually pretty spicy. I I, I think it'd be fine. I'd laugh and I'd I'd applaud that on the I table. I mean, for sure. a- Aetherflux on the on the board. Everybody's got to know kind of what you're planning on doing. If you're especially especially if you're playing it in a you know storm storm style deck or uh, like Elsha, um, you know, kind of thing. Mm. But, um, yeah, I can definitely see that one in an Elsha deck or what have you, where you're just slinging spells, slinging spells. You know, people are going to expect an Aetherflux to be out, may or may not target it. But, you know, you play this one, you play the instant right behind it. I mean, that's a five, it's essentially a two card, five mana combo, which is very doable. Mm, definitely, definitely. Um, I've got a couple here that, uh, oh, where was it? A couple here actually that, uh, well, one one in particular, basically. We're back on the pirate thing. I kind of wanted to go back here because uh, this... I almost forgot to talk about this one. It's such a powerful card. It's great. Hull Breacher is a two and a blue 
creature merfolk pirate flash 3-2. If an opponent would draw a card except for the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, instead you create a treasure token. What? This is nuts. So you That's, you basically yeah. just, yeah, you, you shut off anyone drawing more like a Narset would. Uh, almost like an arms collector too, but kind of, well, look at that. It's in blue. Uh, but you also <laughs> then get, uh, if, if anyone's doing crazy stuff like that, uh, it's, it's the notion thief effect as well in a way. It's a replacement. So if anyone's trying to go nuts with cards, uh, you, you flash this in much like a notion thief, you would, instead of drawing the cards, you get treasure of manner instead. So this is insane. If you flash it in, in response to a wheel, uh, you get all that treasure and no one gets any extra cards and they discard their hand. So whole breach is going to be nuts. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a mainstay for quite some time. I don't think notion thief, Thief was ever up there in, in price too hard because it's a blue-black card. But this being just a blue card, it's it's going to go nuts for sure. So nothing more yeah. to say about that. It's going to be insane. So, yeah. Uh, where was it? There's another one. Super, super good. Speaking of Encore cards, Amphen Mutineer. I like this one too. Pirate as well. Salamander Pirate. Four mana. Uh, Salamander. When, That's a- Salamanders. Yeah. Exactly. Good to see some Salamander love. When Amphan Mutineer enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-Salamander creature. That's uh, that controller uh, creature's controller and uh, creates a four-three blue Salamander warrior creature token. So this is like a Skyclave kind of apparition. Uh, thinking other effects that kind of do it. It's it's kind of like a Pongify or um, rapid hybridization in the blue, where generally the drawback of destroying or, or exiling a creature. In, in this color is giving them a creature as well as a replacement, but that's completely fine. This exiles a creature uh, for four mana and they get a four, three salamander warrior token. Who cares about the token, whatever, but like excellent, excellent effect on ETB to, to remove a, a troublesome uh, kind of card. It could be a God. If it's, if, if that God is online and indestructible things like a Avacyn, that kind of thing. And then it's got Eldrazi Titan. Yeah, hits on Eldrazi Titans. Hits anything. It's pretty much uh, that doesn't have hexproof. Just right. really powerful stuff. Like just great removal in blue. And then it's got Encore four blue blue. So six mana to uh, once it's in the yard later, you can get this uh, this Salamander friend back and uh, get three of them essentially all into the battlefield. So like we said before, the the whole enter the battlefield with these tokens works so well. So then you just ping off. Uh, three different targets uh, and then those tokens around to the end of the turn to bash with if you want to or do what polymorph them which is the way i'll do it <laughs> have a bit of fun that way uh, but just a really really good removal card and I'll, I'll, i'd love to play this as your enter the battlefield version of pongify or mass uh, sorry rapid hybridization as your staple blue removal for creatures for sure so love that to bits mm. Have uh, have you guys seen the rest of the uh, cycle of courts? They, they're one of the main things I just want to touch on before we wrap up. I think the um, the courts being the monarch cards. Uh, there was a red board wipe. Which one? Oh, the, 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 the do you mean the court one? What was the red? red hmm. What was the red board wipe? Wasn't it, wasn't a court one? It does damage. Gavin opened uh, it yesterday. Um, it does damage to one target, but it's, sure. it's really good. All the courts I love to bits. Um, Wasn't there? Oh, it might have been changed. Oh, gotcha, mm. gotcha. Uh, but, well, mm. that's a good one to start with anyway. But the courts are, of course, we, we saw, as of last week, we had, I think, one or two of them uh, revealed as 
kind of enchantments that give the monarch, which we absolutely love and is such a fundamentally fantastic mechanic for the format where someone gets monarch and then it, it creates a whole new dynamic to the game because it's chasing the crown for that extra card advantage. You always want it. Basically you draw a card at your end step. I think it's your end step basically when it triggers, if you're yep. the monarch and to get it back, you just have to deal damage to that player with a creature uh, combat damage, I should say. So, Introducing that to the game is something I always love and I, I think it always just makes a more fun game and, and uh, everyone wins basically because it creates really interesting stories, dynamics, whatever. So putting them on enchantments that actually have a real effect uh, because often the payoff is if you are the monarch at an X time, something happens and that's how the, the old conspiracy cards sometimes work like the uh, the rogue that gives all your stuff unblockable if at your upkeep you are the monarch. So you've survived a whole term as king or queen and you get to reap the reap the rewards. So these enchantments, I think we reeled off the white one that gives you a token um, at your upkeep generically. But if you're the monarch, it gives you an even better one, like a, an angel. So the same applies to each of these. You get an effect at your upkeep, um, and then you get a much better effect if you're the monarch. So Court of Eye is the five mana one, three red red enchantment. When, when Court of Eye enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Yes, that's true of all of them. And at the beginning of your upkeep, Cordify deals two damage to any target. That's oh, okay, whatever. If you're the monarch, it deals seven damage to that player or permanent instead. That one's fantastic. So all I look at now is Obosh and doubling that damage for sure or other other such ways of doing that. Like, even if you're getting the two off uh, Torbrand, uh, that's fine as well. And and like two plus two, like you, you, you're pinging things for four. That's often relevant. So. What about Furnace Wrath? Well, that as well. Exactly. Double your stuff. So the the... The decks that will care about that kind of damage, oh, they're going to have an absolute field day. So this one definitely goes in the new Jessica deck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't think we've read off Jessica. um, We might have to read that next, actually, for sure. Um, I'll I'll just check on the other other courts. As I said, I think I love them all. I really love them all. So Court of Bounty is two green green. I can't remember if this is the one we had. I don't think we had this one last week. Anyway. Four mana enchantment. When it enters, you become the monarch. That's fine. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Always love that. Uh, if you're the monarch, instead, you may put a creature or land card from your hand onto the battlefield. That's that's nuts. Like, just surprise just, titans or beef. Just yeah. just big things. <laughs> it's great. Court of Ambition is the black one. Four mana, same thing. Enters, become monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses three life unless they discard a card. Uh, this one's a bit annoying. If you're the monarch, instead each opponent loses six life unless they discard two cards. So this is like, um, Chesh, were you there the other game? It was a lexicon one. I think it was just Johnny playing discard stuff, which can get annoying. People, Some people can get a bit <laughs> tilted by the, the discard stuff. Uh, but there's the, um, what is the enchantment that basically just discards a card? Everyone's upkeep. Uh, sorry, is it everyone's upkeep? I think... If each person's upkeep, they discard a card. I don't remember the uh, the name of the card, but it's it's annoying. Uh, and that's the thing too. I, I had this. I was having this thought the other day that discard can actually be super effective if it's repeated in in commander as as draining the primary resource a lot of people have to play the game. Um, and you can do this as insidiously uh, as you want. I guess you can really ramp this up to make sure people can't play the game. Which you know, buyer beware. Uh, how much you want to do this but generally if you just a little bit can can give you a real edge for sure so i think court of ambition will do some work again i love these just as a cycle i think they're all relevant abilities really cool 
The blue one, I can't remember if we saw this one. Where is he? Uh, Court of Cunning. One blue, blue enchantment enters, become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players mill each mill two cards. If you're the monarch, each of those players mill 10 cards instead. Now, this one I love for sure. <laughs> I play mill decks, but yeah, that's, that's definitely the type of deck that wants this stuff. Uh, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll know about it and, and want to play the mill effect, I guess, but the, the monarch is just gravy. I definitely want to chuck this one in um, the Arumi deck just as a nice, really great repeated passive way to fill the graveyard because you can hit yourself as well uh, and, and just generally mill people. And and cards like Spelltwine and Rexiel that I love pilfering other people's graveyards, always nice to fill them up. So that's great. And then, yeah, like I said, the white one we we peeled off last week as far as uh, the getting the tokens from it too. But overall, Chesh wanted to run this idea by you. We haven't done the um, the Shrine deck yet, but we can totally include a whole cycle of courts too so the uh what's her name um sisse what's it sisse yeah shrine deck and kind of just like a weird enchantress mm-hmm. five color thing and you just you just run these cycles and it's just super cool and, and, and flavorful that you get all the courts you get all the shrines and and i think actually the upkeep triggers will be nuts like more even more reason to run parallax wave like i was going to or parallax whichever one doubles your upkeeps um what is it called again but yeah i reckon we're going to do that deck for sure Parallax, Parallax. Where is it? But yeah, what do you reckon, guys, of these uh, these courts? You gonna be playing them? Yeah, yeah, they're all right. I mean, bringing back Monarch is always a good thing. Um, Monarch is one of those things that I think in Commander works really well. Mm. So I'm excited. It is not either of those. Co- Why have I lost the name of this card? Um, Parallax, no wave. What's the upkeep one? No, it's not Parallax wave. It's not Parallax tide. I was going to say, it's not Paradox Parallax Haze. Way. That's why. It's not even Parallax. Paradox Haze is the one I'm thinking of. You know, the double upkeep one. It's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's better. Didn't we talk about that last time? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, this is the theme of today. We're, we're, uh, we're losing, losing memory of different card names and that kind of thing, and it's fine. It's fine. So, Paradox Haze, three mana for an enchantment aura, enchant player. At the beginning of enchanted player's first upkeep, each turn that player gets an additional upkeep step after this step so fun fun have some steps Mm. all right so i think we've got most of the ones we're really excited about out of our system i think one more i was just gonna i don't have to say much about it because the deck doesn't build itself per se but i'm I'm sure you can use your imagination to find out what it can do uh the brute chronologist the the grixis commander one blue black red legendary creature ogre wizard three four tap the player whose turn it is may end the turn that's it. That's just basically a, um, a sundial of the infinite on a creature. Fantastic. And you can do it to other people if you really want, uh, if they want to use it, but they get to choose. So that's a funky one for doing things like those effects that uh, something happens, whether um, I think it's like lands don't untap your next end step or something. I'm pretty sure that happens. Is that the one? No, that would still happen. I'm thinking stuff that basically ends at the end of turn. So Sundial of the Infinite can often <laughs> u- be used in really funky ways for things that would disappear at the end of turn, i.e. the Encore tokens or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, or a a threaten effect where you steal a creature uh, and it would usually go back to its owner at the end of the turn. You can just end the turn. So Obeka's going to be really cool. I've been looking for a Grixis commander to, to, to put together. That could be a fun one for sure. Um... But yeah, so pretty much 
as as we've done with these, we can't possibly cover absolutely every card here. No way. There's just so much. We could keep going for ages. Uh, but I think we've got a lot out of the way that are just really cool, awesome cards that we're excited about. So as of next week, we'll, we'll look to pick these up for sure. Uh, I think there is a pre-release, so I think that's possible. Otherwise, November 20th is the release date for uh, Commander Legends, I believe. So not long now, and we can have a lot of fun with this. And uh, I'd ideally draft it. That would be a lot of fun. But if not, it's just want to get a bunch of these and start building for sure. So I was going to say, like, you can you can do seal. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. Get a couple of these, do a sealed pool. Like, that's fine. This product was intended to be drafted but we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah it's logistically not you know, the most sensible sometimes so for for sure like well, let's let's webcam some seal yeah. for sure exactly yes. um i know i'm i'm currently hassling wizards to try and get some free products so that we can maybe do a thing oh that'd um, be nice like like what i did with the uh zendikar precons with riley yep. knight um so nice. I'm I'm hassling wizards to try and get something like that because I think with every commander release that that's what we should be doing. Yeah, I um, think so for sure. Yeah, they are, and I will note too. There are two um two deck lists for the commander precons for this uh for this set also released at the same time. So um, check those out. Both cool. There's a Boros one and a Simic one. Uh, both really fun, and I think hopefully at the same price point as the last set uh, of uh, adjacent Commander decks that came out with the set, like the Zendikar Rising ones, which were, as we've said last few weeks, absolute home runs. They're really, really good, and and they're just cheaper as well. Uh, so I hope they, they keep that price point, which has been about, I think, looking at 25 no, $30 Australian, I think, each. Sometimes you can get two for 45 uh, and whatever that relates to in, in US. But I think each of us now have been beaten up by the Rogues deck at least once, and even the Obun deck as mm-hmm. well, the Landfall one in the Zendikar Rising. So, yeah. Have you seen many of those in the wild, Brandon? I've seen... Um, I've got somebody who's actually got the Obun deck, and he's kind of changed it around a little bit. So it's a little bit fun. Um, you can tell that he kind of really wants to go four-color Omnath with it, but... You know, for the most yeah, part, yeah. it's 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 a building process, and that's all Commander actually really is. Is you know, if you ever think that you've built a deck and you're done with it, you're not. Yeah, that's that's always worth re- restating that um, the the deck is an organic beast, and and different sets come out, and different ideas may pass your mind too, and different things you want to do with it, and experiences as you play the deck, you may go, well, I'm I'm not liking finding this card in my hand as much, and I want to you know look at more card draw or something so exactly it's a it's an ever-shifting puzzle great thing to touch on so um that i think is wrapping up our commander legends kind of run through hangout never really a set review oh we didn't go through jessica do you want to quickly go through jessica or or, or let the people at home just Eh? yeah i mean brandon just mentioned jessica worked in something or did did something with a cool deck so uh that's fine read read jessica have fun. There's there's partner commanders. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about them right now because that's going to open up a whole can of worms. And that was, in a weird way, one of those things that sometimes people have, uh, this this sucks, blah, about and, and negativity about the thing. Partner commanders were one of those things, I guess, but nothing quite like the, uh, the vitriol thrown about, um, what was it, the Jeweled Lotus. It's all a passing thing. 
Partner commanders yeah. will be fine. Um, it'll it'll be, fine. be fine. But Jessica and Teresa, yeah. like there's there's two partner commanders you can throw in your partner combo, but check them out, Jessica and Teresa. They both do cool things. I uh, can summarize so, Jessica yeah. in one sentence. Her plus, her plus zero allows you to give something the ability to triple its damage to a player instead. Easy done. So just think about it that way. That's great. <laughs> it's easy. So yeah, and, and a nice cost, three mana. So yeah, give that one a go for sure. Um, but yeah, that I think more or less wraps up all the stuff we're super excited with. Or not all of it, because there's even more we are, no doubt. Uh, but just... It is a cornucopia of, of great commander stuff that will, again, I'll, I'll restate that we'll have ripples on our format for years, I think. And just th- fun things to play with. I know we'll be brewing decks for weeks, um, weeks, months, whatever, like for a long time uh, because of all the, the, the partner combinations that you can do, all, more, all the, the kind of wacky design in, in some of these these cards as well. There's really interesting stuff, creative stuff, uh, political and fun interactive mechanics going on which i really absolutely love so i think i haven't been excited for a set this much for a long time so this is this is going to be a treat in the next few weeks when we get our hands on it so to wrap up this episode uh i don't think of course we uh like last week when we talk about such a massive set we don't have time to uh to do the full profile we like to usually do with our guests uh, so apologies, Brandon, but it does mean you'll get to be back on the show if you ever want to, and we can uh, do a do a follow up to um, talk about all the cool things uh, that inspire you, and just ask ask all those great questions we love to ask um, people, be it pineapple and pizza and music and all that stuff. But we will wrap up with we do have time for the entertaining this week, uh, which is just pretty much a run through of anything else of that is of inspiration to us this week, be it music, media, uh, video games, shows, uh, anything that kind of piqued our attention that we want to shout out or, or discuss a little bit. And um, I know Chesh often has some really cool stuff to talk about in this one. But Brandon, anything piquing your attention this week in the entertaining? Uh, I don't actually get um, to watch a lot of live TV, um, so it's it's a fun thing for me because I get to pay a lot of money to these streaming services to catch up on stuff months <laughs> after it's happened. Um, but I just saw a couple... Welcome to being in Australia, mate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just saw that uh, a couple of days ago, Rick and Morty Season 4 is on Hulu now for me, Ooh. so... I will be bar- partaking in that at some point, probably at 2 a.m. or something, whenever I finally have some time to myself, um, and try to catch <laughs> up way. on that. Definitely, definitely. Um, and and I, like Rick and Morty is that type of show anyway that I uh, I have need to do my due diligence. I've only ever watched, I think, season one and then a bit of season two, and people go, why? You're either like, what the hell? You're either all in or not. And I was like, no, nah, still, you know, I find it very funny. I just haven't got around to watching the rest of it whatever but cult hit of course um super hilarious um my favorite one was uh where was it the uh no i'm not even going to try and recite the the episode because i, I barely remember it now oh no I, okay. I remember now the battle of the bands across the uh the different planets how funny that was it's great and 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 rick and morty um absolute uh the giant it? heads Fans will, show me what yeah, you yeah we'll got. be laughing it's at all it's all of our memes show on me what you got yeah <laughs> 
It's all of our memes on <laughs> every just, EDH forum or whatever when somebody's like, hey, look what I got. I got this pack. Let me crack it. Show me what you got. Show us what you got. <laughs> exactly. And and disqualified. And uh, yeah. the, the goofy aliens playing their yeah. little tune on the other planet. So good. I love it. Yeah, that, the planet um, blows oh, up. Oh, yeah, let's get Swifty. That's right. <laughs> that's that's why. Yeah. Man, I'm oh. telling you, I've got so much stuff pushed out of my brain for memory. So, yeah. Yeah. Got another one? ACDC's album comes out next week. That's the other oh, thing rad. I'm yeah, super go excited for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. Um, now, th- we do get to talk about a little... I reckon we do get to talk a little bit about your um, your kind of influences and background there because you just, you just brought up ACDC. We're talking music. I know, based on what you've told us briefly, you have a bit of a background in music, but I don't know full, like fully to what extent. So, you're... You told us before you used to be part of a, uh, a pretty significant cover band. Uh, now you're saying you're pretty excited about ACDC. I, um, I didn't ask you what, uh, what, what kind of stuff your cover band did and, and what you've played in the past. Well, I would not call our cover bands uh, significant since, you know, we, <laughs> you know, nobody, I guarantee you nobody has ever heard of us, but uh, that's okay. Um, that was a band that I was in probably... I don't know, probably 10 years ago at this point. Um, yeah. I guess kind of before I got a haircut and got a real job kind of thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I played um, I played guitar in that band and, um, you know, played a couple of shows around, uh, you know, Washington, D.C., you know, area, that sort of thing. Um, but I love, I have always loved blues-based music. Um, so Led Zeppelin, um ACDC, Aerosmith, ZZ Top, those mm. types of things or those types of bands were just the ones that I always enjoyed playing. Um, now I'm actually the lead guitarist for the uh, church worship team um, and I pretty much play every Sunday. So I've really yeah, kind nice, of s- nice. switched, my, um, switched my six strings over to a different type of music altogether but i still like to rock that's for sure (laughs) exactly exactly well much respect for shouting out acdc because uh i mean we we of course love them in australia but we uh we realize they make a ripple across the world as well so my dad always tells me how uh you know um they used to see acdc when they were growing up at the local rsl which is we call that the return services league Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's the acronym. Uh, but basically, the the RSL is a place in most towns where it's it's for the um, returned veterans, basically, uh, and and it's it's celebrating well, it's celebrating their kind of um, efforts in the wars, everything like that. Uh, and it's usually a place in town to to get a, a cheap what we call a palmer, so uh, yeah, a cheap nice. feed, uh, a meal, and you can often play some kino, uh, which is like the embed on something um i don't yeah. know what kino is chesh what is kino and just like it's technically technically um quick play yeah, lottery. yes that's the best way to, to define it, essentially so i mean having those having lottery type services in a uh, in, in in a place like that i often feel a bit funny about same with slot machines but whatever that is what it is but the RSL is often where you go to, to to get your cheap meal. Sometimes see a show, and as as my dad said, he used to go see ACDC in town in Sorrento, where we we well he grew up and I grew up, 
And uh, when when they were nobodies, I was like, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. AC, I'm sure DC. he paid a whole lot less Rock to out. see them than I did twice in DC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He probably snuck <laughs> I, in, man. <laughs> I, I played. I paid for floor seats to see them in DC. So, that, that was, yeah, there was a lot of money involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, oh, and that's, that's sweet. And, uh, yeah, so I know my father-in-law as well will be really uh, stoked for that. He he really loves ACDC completely and will buy it on vinyl as well. Um, and and that'll be cool to listen to. I know we will with him. So, yeah, look forward to that one. Chesh, anything in the uh, entertaining for you this week? Uh, Dragon Ball Super Brawly movie just hit Netflix. So. Ooh. What? That's, that's going to be today's watch for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Is this the same Netflix that I have in the States? Because now I'm going to have to look. That is a good well, you, question. Yours, I'm going to assume yours so. Yours is usually a lot better, I'll say that, because we get a watered-down yeah, version in yeah. Australia with like a fraction of the amount of things, uh, and we still probably pay the same for it, but compared to any yeah. live also, TV, it's great. Just, so, yeah, but you guys have a great one. Also, uh just hitting Netflix as well as Justice League at Dark, uh, Apocalypse War. I've already watched it. Um, I watched it before it was available to most people. <laughs> Inside info. Because of contacts. Yeah, nice. Um, and it's very good. Um, it centers around uh, Apocalypse has stolen basically Superman's power. Yep. Um, so Superman doesn't have any powers. He's basically regular human man, which is hilarious. Um and uh, the only person that can uh, save the world is Constantine. Cool. Is this the same Constantine as, as I don't know? I'm such a novice in 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 English English speaking uh, English dude. Basically, ginger. Uh, it's all about the dark arts. Constantine. I was going to say Keanu Reeves. Uh, also, but that's, also that's the same Constantine played by Keanu Reeves. Yes, okay, yes, it is that one. It is that one. Cancer smoking a lot rougher around the edges, like, sounds like the guy you would meet in a pub who would want to give you an Irish kiss. Oh, yes. I was going to say, you um, you were doing some great Cockney accent last night, and I thought you were going to indulge us in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come here, give us a kiss. <laughs> You're a bloody bastard. Yeah, exactly. Um, you've, you've talked about Constantine before, haven't you? About um, It's actually a pretty, pretty cool, um, yep. you know deep story and everything rather than just the initial stuff if you just see the movie or whatever it's, there's some di- so if you look at it from a point of view of of dc versus marvel in in marvel you've got doctor strange mm-hmm. in dc you've got something ultimately better which is constantine because mm. constantine was a complete piece of shit <laughs> he he was this is the whole backstory <laughs> of constantine um heavy heavy drinker dun, dun, gambler dun. Not a nice guy at all, um, who then basically is going to die, makes a deal with the devil. The devil then goes, all right, look, I'll take away your cancer and and you'll survive for a while. But eventually, dude, your soul is mine. He's like, yeah, all right, mate. <laughs> and yeah, pretty much he's like, yeah, all right, mate. And then he starts hunting down demons because <laughs> he's just like, well, my life is basically forfeit. So I need to do as much good in the world as I can. Ah, cool. So he becomes a changed man, basically, because he's trying to sort of atone for his sins, which is mostly the story you'll find in the movie mm-hmm. as well, like the, the Keanu Reeves movie. It's along those lines where he's trying to atone for his sins. Um, but the comic book version of him is more like, I don't really give a shit if I live or die. 
I want to help people. Yeah. So it's it's self-sacrifice, but not like it is in the movie where it's self-sacrifice for self-gain. Yeah. In the comic books, it's self-sacrifice because he can, because he's lost all hope. Which is a, a cool aspect on grey morality, but um, it's kind of like chaotic good or something in, in, in D&D, yeah. which is yeah. really cool, and I, I like that angle to it. So, yeah, I want to watch some more Constantine for sure. And, I mean, like a lot of people would be like, the first thing you see is Keanu Reeves. You're like, all right, yeah, cool. He's, he's a good guy. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, so Brandon, uh, when I was talking to Brandon this week, you were saying something about Dragon Ball, weren't you? as well uh yeah i'm I'm going through the uh i'm going through the original the original series like from the 80s again just uh nice (laughs) are are we talking the original series where master roshi's constantly trying to look up skirts and (laughs) And um, constantly bleeding out his nose um, oh yes that 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 (laughs) one yeah yeah and that uh, hasn't aged that well stuff exactly and uh, (laughs) where where boomer shows her vagina to goku and goku's like what the hell is that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, or you know, the the cartoon where there's this tiny, you know, child, I guess, that constantly is bathing and taking leaks everywhere or whatever and is naked, which is it's a little unsettling, but it hasn't aged well. But it's it's fun sometimes to go back to, to watch the origin, I guess. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, the only thing I had for this week was, uh, of course... Getting back into the swing of Mandalorian has been really fun. I don't want to uh, kind of spoil anything at all, but um, it's it's just really nice to be back in that world and, and great adventure. Uh, some some great themes that always touches on uh, the Mandalorian does, which which evokes original Star Wars to me more than anything else I've ever seen. Maybe a little bit of Solo did it, but Mandalorian the series captures the imagination and the tone and the atmosphere that. That essentially the first movie ever did when I was 10. So, but I don't know Chesh talked about a little bit like about that last week. What has actually sparked though in a really interesting way is uh, I had my wife Kate actually uh, off the back of watching a Mandalorian episode. We we got talking and we're like, oh, just run through, not just the trilogy, let's do a whole Star Wars run through, just just kind of periodically like during the week. So I think we're, we're three movies in now, but she is an absolute Star Wars purist, hates the prequels or has had that opinion for a long time. <laughs> like just hates them. Okay, and this is for good reason. Star Wars and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But I, I've often been like, I give them a bit of a, a bit of space to go. Oh, it's fine. I, I remember enjoying this when I was growing up. Uh, I was a massive Star Wars fan already. And then the prequels came out and you're like, wait a second. And I know some people, if they're a little bit older, we're probably old enough to have a uh, a good opinion and and be able to constructively well deconstruct what they were watching. Go wait a second, this feels nothing like Star Wars. <laughs> and there's all this dumb dialogue pointed at kids and selling stuffed toys. And no, see the thing mm. is, if if you delete all the Senate bullshit and most of the Jar Jar bullshit, it is a Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, I get that, but it's like- that paints the Jedi. As as the oppressors. Yes. Well, that's the good point. <laughs> that's so, where the problem so is. So that's my underline here for watching. I've we've watched half of Revenge of the Sith, so two and a half of the prequels before we get into. I guess the the progression is then Solo, Rogue One, original trilogy, so on and so forth, and and go on from there. But uh, actually, watch Mandalorian before we watch the um, seven, eight, nine. I think makes sense as well in in the the actual timeline. Um, however, so yeah, that's that's the whole point. I'm no I'm noticing stuff I had not seen before or paid attention to, 
uh, in, a, in an interesting way. Yes, Jar Jar sucks. Yes, he's probably a Sith Lord because how, how else does a bumbling idiot get to the, that such a, a level in the Senate? And basically, he is the, the responsible. And I'm, it's not spoiled because if you haven't seen the prequels now, then whatever. <laughs> uh, but he gives the order to give the Chancellor, like, supreme powers. <laughs> it's like, you idiot. What have you done? It's like give one person supreme powers, and that's not really democracy anymore. And and he he's doing it just because uh, Amidala's on Naboo, I believe, with uh, with Anakin riding around on on derpy CGI dinosaurs. And but Anakin, I think, visually is a really good uh, representation of of well, young Anakin that actually does line up pretty well when you think of like Luke Skywalker and Leia in the actual movie and the original movies, and and it does actually feel like that could be his dad, but then he opens his mouth. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's not the greatest. Uh, that's the thing I'm getting now. Like I do cringe a lot in these 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 pre uh, pre cons um, prequels. When it's the really obvious stuff, I think that's what gets me. It feels really cheap at times when you're just like, yes, he's like, but but I'm in agony and and all the all the great Hayden Christensen quotes. But then there's little things like Count Dooku, Christopher Lee, eternal respect for that man, like an, an amazing actor and and, and Mace, Mace Windu, yeah, rest in peace. But oh, Christopher, Lee, so Count Dooku's character, like just just silly, you know, it's just like silly quotes when two amazingly powerful universal beings like Yoda and Count Dooku are facing off against each other. And they're, they're throwing around some force stuff and he goes, well, clearly this is not going to solve it. This won't solve anything. We must uh, test our skills with a lightsaber. And it's like just a really dumb, rigid quote. Like, it's just like, don't like, wouldn't it be more organic? And you just like look at each other and have an understanding, a quiet understanding. And I think that's where the the Mandalorian thing kicks in. That like that show kind of gets that a little bit more. And 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 tends to be media that I enjoy these 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 days is is the stuff that knows when to shut up and be quiet. And there can be a lot told in silence than having to spell everything out. Like in the Phantom Menace, but he, Darth Sidious is talking to the Nemoidians, I think they're called, and and goes. My apprentice Darth Maul will be coming, and it's like ah, oh, it's just he said it like three times. It's like yeah, we don't care what his name is, like or like you don't have to spell it out because that's not really the mysterious Sith way. Is that just so you make sure he's got <laughs> his own, like uh, he's got his own pass or like you know he's 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 on the database when he gets into your spaceship and he doesn't get flagged? Like you know, make sure he's got clearance. Put his name in Darth Maul. Now don't misspell it. <laughs> so it's it's those kind of things. It's funny. I'm starting to see it, it's re- it's really polarizing because I'm starting to see all the things that do annoy me now, uh, or like annoy me. I never want to say that. So many. There's a lot of crap. Like there really is that. Like I get it now, which is like it doesn't feel Star Warsy because it seems a bit cheap and juvenile. But then there's a lot of stuff, and you said the Senate stuff. I actually really enjoy. <laughs> I think it's amazing when you actually see. No, when you see what it, what it takes for a a whole basically uh government structure to be overturned slowly by diplomat like moves like insidious kind of diplomatic moves on the inside and a jar jar binks <laughs> and those kind of things but the whole point that darth sidious was putting he was essentially fabricating a war to then be the answer to that that is that has real life applications that that's a pretty scary thing you know that 
if someone has ultimate power, they can invent two sides of a war, which they all, like the war ultimately means nothing because it's just loss at either end. And then he'll swoop in and go, we're actually the, the savior to this. It's, it's kind of nuts. And it's, it's really, I think when you tune into those aspects of it, like, wow, this is really powerful. And um, especially what it means in the original Star Wars lore. So, man, a lot of Star Wars talk. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think I was going to talk much about it, but it kind of just yeah, spat out. But uh, again, like Coil last week talking a few things about Star Wars are really cool. Um, I watched a stream with him uh, and Andy from Guardian Pod, uh, Project Podcast with Zuby and Dana Roach from EDH Recast. I had a great stream during the week, and uh, and Coyle played his General Grievous deck, which is uh, Zergo Helm Smasher altered to look like General Grievous, and then all the things are like the swords and, and all kinds of other things that are themed to Star Wars, which is quite amazing. So highly recommend if you ever get the chance to see Coyle play with that uh, Zergo Helm Smasher deck. It's it's an absolute joy. So, um, yeah, that's that's been it, I think, for sure. So... What do, you, what do you reckon, mm-hmm. Chesh? We wrap it up and we go along our merry way and, and have a have a rest of our day and uh, we'll let let Brandon uh, have a uh, have a sleep and um, or maybe maybe even play some commander over the rest of the weekend. Yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm an old man. I want to go in there. Exactly. So let's let's do some sign offs, Brandon. As I said before, uh, you've been an awesome, awesome person in the uh, in, in the community to to get to know and um, hang out with and, and share great commander ideas with for sure. And highly recommend everyone goes to check out Brandon's channel and especially for newer players, recommend uh, some of his content for sure. So um, where can the people find you on the interwebs, Brandon? You can look me up on YouTube create commander and i have an instagram and a twitter page both of those are at create commander i keep it pretty simple nice and i I will recommend to looking for his stuff the way youtube works is is usually put a lot of attention towards the bigger creators which is a pain in the ass of course it makes it infinitely easier if you omit the space from create commander it will know exactly who you're talking about otherwise i'll probably link you to command zone videos and things like that or anything with the words (laughs) create and commander in them uh, so uh, all we can say is is keep um, keep the uh, the audience going and 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 uh, I think Chain said it the other day you absolutely deserve all the views going your way because you're making really nice stuff so check out Create Commander no space on the uh, YouTube's for sure so um, you can find me at Past the Jam Sam on the Twitters and the Instagrams uh, you can find Chesh at where are you at Chesh. Uh, Cheshire plays games on all platforms except for Twitter. We can only find me under Cheshire plays. Nice, and you can find the podcast at cmdacrunch.fireside.fm. Uh, is the website at Twitter at cmdr underscore crunch, Instagram we're at cmdr crunch, and Gmail send us questions, feedback, pictures of cephalids, thoughts, whatever you feel like. Just just shout out, be it. Pictures of cephalids, not syphilis. Nope. Just be a friend. At uh, it, it is cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, it's been a joy, guys. Uh, I think I'm going to leave it there and um, go to enjoy the rest of our day. But, uh, yeah, may all uh, may all your Commander Legends packs be amazing. Uh, and any advice you guys have for our, our lovely listeners? Uh, may the force be with yeah, you. That's a nice one. <laughs> Just thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a pleasure. Everybody, stay safe out there. Yeah, stay safe, exactly. Take care, friends. Meow. Bye.